What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the reunion, an FF7R podcast. And that R could be anything. It could be remake. It could be rebirth. And maybe resolve. Who knows? What do you think? <laughs> I am your host, Kai. And joining me again today is Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm hyped. <laughs> I'm pretty good today, actually. It's uh, it's a good day. It was a very hot uh, Sunday over here, and uh, doing good. Nice. Been talking to my peeps in uh, C- the CCO server and mm-hmm. doing some analysis. Posted a CCO gem on Twitter. It was a good day. It was a good day. How about yours? Yeah, it's going really well. Just really racking my brains after this incredible uh, 25th anniversary event that we got um, on Thursday. Just, you know, taking time to kind of go back and reflect and rewatch everything again. I think that I've rewatched the entire event like, I don't know, 50 times. And then the trailers about the same amount. (laughs) I've just been like just obsessing over every single little detail. But uh, yeah, no, it's going really great. And I'm just so excited to be able to chat with you about everything that we got uh, at this incredible event because we haven't really had a chance to uh, chat with each other yet. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, same. Definitely. All right, everyone. So the best way to support us is to like and subscribe, share the podcast if you have the time we would really appreciate it you can also go to our youtube channel and subscribe if you haven't already done so our podcast is available everywhere so for today's episode we are going to be talking about the final fantasy 16 dominance trailer that we got at the recent sony state of play uh, which we haven't had a chance to talk about yet And then we'll also be talking about that huge Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary event uh, that Square Enix streamed on uh, YouTube and also Twitch this past Thursday. So we'll be talking about everything about that. So we'll be giving our thoughts and impressions about all of the game announcements and also the incredible Rebirth uh, trailer that we got. So what do you think, Viz, about the event? Did you enjoy it? What are your general thoughts about it? The anniversary event was great. Yeah, yeah, it was, was great. <laughs> it, it started off a little weird because basically <laughs> the first thing, the first things were, oh, here's merchandise with a yeah, digital yeah. Um, Buster Sword clock and bracelets. <laughs> Come on, really? You're going to use the t- this time, the, the tight 10 minutes for this? All right, come on, <laughs> go on. And then some first soldier stuff that I've already seen that's been uh, posted on uh, on our CCO server a while back, so I, it wasn't really new for yeah. me. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, first soldier. I, I don't play it anyway, so I wanted to, the event to go on. But then it started to become interesting because Ever Crisis got shown, many more mm-hmm. scenes. And then, a, a surprise, I thought, okay, now it's time. And then, wait, Crisis Core? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this looks like a remaster remake. Huh. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect that. All right. Is that everything? And then Kitaza said, oh, there's one more. Okay, here we go. Brace <laughs> yourselves. And then uh, everything went crazy in our uh, Discord server because we yeah. watched it live and uh, in voice chat. So we all could, could talk over each other, basically. Yeah, but it wasn't that much of a chaos as I expected. Also, probably because I held back a little bit to give the other others a little bit of uh, breathing room. But yeah, it it was it was great. It was it was fun. 
much better than I expected. Yeah, yeah, same here. I was also there with you watching it live. I did have to leave the voice chat though because I was so distracted with people talking. So I'm like, okay, Aww. I have to leave because I'm like, I want to focus 100% on what's going on, uh, no distractions. So then I hop back in um, after to kind of just, you know, discuss everything and just, you know, I just honestly, my brain is still broken. <laughs> like, it's just, it, I, like, that's oh, all no. I can oh, no. say to explain how I feel. Like, I watched it and then I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But then I was also trying to, like, piece it together and just make sense of everything. Also, uh, the trailers had a lot of cuts, like, with different scenes from different parts of different games in the compilation. Well, more or less like the OG and also mm. Crisis Core, but then like just to look at what's happening in the trailer and then to figure out like, oh, th okay, this is Crisis Core or this is um, the OG. Like for me, it just took me a bit. So that's why I had to go back and rewatch everything uh, multiple times just to make sure that I understood like what was happening. But I still don't feel like I 100% just get everything that that was shown. But anyways, we're going to kind of dive into it. But generally, I thought that it was an incredible event. I wasn't expecting a Crisis Core uh, remaster um, at all. I think after the leak was um, came out that it was just kind of this obscure kind of message with the different colors from the different uh, console platforms. Then I was kind of like, okay, well, it seems like it's more real, you know, than it mm -hmm. was before. But yeah, up until then, I just, I don't know. It just surprised me. It was emotional as well, just getting that Rebirth trailer at the end. Like, it just totally brought me back to how I felt when um, we got news on Remake and just, you know, us starting the podcast and just over the years, everything that we talked about and all the people that I've met and just being there with everybody in the CCO. Obviously, people are there, like, all the time, but yes. I haven't <laughs> had time to because I've been so busy, but just, you know... I don't know, it just brought me back to that moment again and I just felt like it was it was great and I was pretty much speechless. So, <laughs> yeah. I think that they won in their like their event. Like honestly, for me, I mean, being a Final Fantasy fan, obviously, you know, it's kind of like I guess biased, but Summer Game Fest, you know, was good. It was fine, yeah. But we got a lot of sci-fi horror games that, you know, back to back and I feel like the pacing was kind of off with that. No E3 this year. Um, the Bethesda Xbox uh, event was really good. They showed Diablo 4, which is great. We got, what else? Dragon's Dogma uh, 2, which is pretty crazy. But for me, like this event just was just surpassed everything for me. So Yeah, same year as well. Of course, Bias and many of the other games <laughs> and events or some consoles don't really interest me because I've um, yeah. limited time and I need to manage this time with uh, the gaming i do so same thing is that uh i just need to focus on on a small subset and then maybe yeah. choose oh i want to watch this i want to watch that and then uh sometimes they they show games that i might be interested in but it's so low yeah. on the list that i wouldn't have any time anyway so it's a bit of a bummer mm -hmm. but yeah summer games fest was also uh, pretty interesting too to uh, to watch although a little bit too yeah. many uh shooters and fantasy stuff i don't know yeah just a bit too much of of the same i felt but some some cool gems like the turtles game the pixelated games i love pixel art yeah yeah stuff like that 
But in the end, as you said, this uh, Square Enix event, or more like showcase, 10 minutes, or 14 mm -hmm. minutes and 10, 43 seconds showcase, was probably the best thing so far, because it's exactly what I wanted, minus mm -hmm. the first soldier and the merch, but it's also SE that they need, they need to uh, market this as well, of course. Mm -hmm. It's a part of it, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who doesn't want a like, $250 Buster Sword <laughs> alarm clock? Yeah. I mean, they got to make money somehow, and then hopefully they're funneling that money to, uh, you know, the remake series. So. Let's hope so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but totally, I, I watched uh, Max Dude's reaction video mm -hmm. after oh. the fact, yeah. and he's sitting there like, come on, yeah. guys, like, they're showing merch. He's, like, tapping his non-existent watch on his wrist, exactly, and he's yeah. like, come on, guys. <laughs> he's like, come on, what's going on? Then he was like, I guess it wasn't too bad. It was just 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, if they show the first soldier mm -hmm. next, I'm going to lose it. And he lost it. And then they show their first, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, what is happening come on guys oh my god it's only 10 minutes i'm like yeah you're saying how everybody was feeling yes <laughs> yes definitely but yeah i get it they want to sell their merch and there's a lot of people that buy that stuff yeah. they don't yeah. care how much it is notice how they also didn't share the price that's true that is true. i'm scared yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially the jewelry like come on oh. somebody out there wants to buy me some of those bracelets i would love that uh, my birthday is march so better start saving yeah. for my birthday present. I don't, I don't need any presents. But send all the presents to Kai. He needs it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please. Anyway, so let's talk about the Sony State of Play. We got the Final Fantasy 16 Dominance trailer. I really liked it. I really liked this trailer. I appreciate them showing us something and giving us an extended look at this game. I think that they had to at this yeah. point. I think they had to because they were, like they had already said previously that they had planned on showing us something, but then plans got shifted around and it ended up being where they couldn't show us something. I think um, it was earlier on at another event. I think it was Game Awards, actually. I think it was slated like, the rumor was yeah. that they were supposed to show yeah. something at the Game Awards, which didn't happen. People were disappointed. So I'm so glad that we got this trailer. I'm surprised by the summer 2023 release date, though, <laughs> that they told us at the end. And we predicted, even with the announced six-month delay, that it would be out this summer. So I'm a little disappointed, but like I, I'm just... I'm fine with it. I'm just, I'm happy waiting for this game. I hope they take the whole year to really, you know, debug and polish this game to make it the best that it can be. Yes. And I think it's fine. I, I'm, I'm okay, like, waiting for it. And especially, too, with the Final Fantasy VII, you know, games that we're going to be getting, the mobile games, and also the Crisis Core uh, remaster. I'm going to be busy. You know, we're both going to be busy. We're going to be distracted while we wait for this. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. I was surprised though that we that Yoshi P showed it now. I mean, I guess he had to, but like mm -hmm. he did originally say that he didn't want to show it until it was like close to release, yeah. Which it's a year away. So Yeah, this is not that close. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess he kind of was conflicted like like I have to show something, but like I told him I wasn't going to show it until it's ready to be released, but I'm sure like he already said, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. And so, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I think so many things uh, happen behind the scenes that we are not privy to, and mm-hmm. parts of it is naturally uh, COVID-related, as Yoshi P already said last year, yeah. or at the start of the year or something, that it got delayed internally by six months. Yeah. And maybe because of this delay, the release schedule of uh, Square Enix games in general got shifted around, and maybe they mm-hmm. also realized, hey, if we want to... Uh, present or release a masterpiece we need a bit more time and that's that's what mm-hmm. i thought because the shareholders e- apparently um expected a 2022 um mm-hmm. financial year release if i remember yeah. correctly and now it's in uh in the 2023 um yeah financial year release so who knows what happened back there? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I heard that their stocks plummeted after the announcement as well because people oh, could be, sold, yeah. I think, because they uh, expected it to come out this year. But Yeah, could be, could be. I, I didn't, look, uh, didn't look too much into it, just heard it uh, through the grapevine, basically, or well, not quite the exact, exact or fitting mm-hmm. analogy, but still, it's. Um, I think Audrey post- posted something on Twitter, some... Um, some CCO members or scholars posted some things and uh, yeah, just thought, just thought. well, I could uh, research a little bit, but it's, it doesn't really interest me. I just uh, know it's coming around then. I'm hyped and it's, it's fine. I have other games to play. Yeah. I'm still uh, going through the Trail series. Now I'm trying to go through Horizon, C- uh, not Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, yeah. But uh, video editing and stuff uh, held me back from playing, so it's it's really hard to find time to play games uh, mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah, that's that's the reality. So I'm I'm not too mad about it. Which also leaves a little bit more time to maybe uh, get one or two videos out for this game before it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I'm also busy with uh, more videos for uh, Rebirth, maybe some other things. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what's what I'm gonna do. But it it provides some more time for, from that angle. I'm fine with it. Absolutely, I feel the same. I think that this game is gonna sell boatloads. Yeah, and I am totally fine with it. You know, being delayed or announced to be you know a year away from now. As long as when it comes out, it's incredible and it's super polished, and it's a complete product. You know, and yes. I think that that's what's going to happen. And Yoshi P has a great track record, especially with Final Fantasy fourteen. And after that whole fiasco, you know, and it was re-released mm-hmm. around Reborn. And just, I think that game, that game has sold like hotcakes, man. Like there weren't even enough keys or something, digital keys. I remember that a lot of people jumped ship from uh, World of Warcraft. Oh, right. Yeah. And then like, I just think these shareholders are so absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. okay, bye, see you later, sell your shares, whatever, because people are, the people that stay are going to be the ones that, you know, are are the smartest ones because mm-hmm. it's going to sell. So there's, the stock price is going to go up after this game comes out in 2023 because it's going to sell like crazy. Yeah, So for sure. And I'm pretty sure the stock price also went up after this, uh, uh, the uh, Square Enix showcase. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. The anniversary. Yeah. Pretty sure. So mm-hmm. whoever sold, <laughs> well, your your loss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They need to go public. I want to buy shares. Come on. <laughs> What's going on here? I want to own a piece of Square Enix. Maybe I will one day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so getting into the trailer here, um, I love the extended look at the icons. It looks like we're getting icon battles yeah. between them, these epic, huge battles, not just, you know, like a pre-rendered cutscene summon like Final Fantasy 15. It did kind of remind me of the summons from 15, but it looks like we're going to be able to battle them. I'm not quite sure how in-depth it's going to be. Like, are we going to control them like in Final Fantasy X and then they do these epic combos or like ultimate, um, you know, ability attack? Or if it's going to be more like a quick time event battle? Um, I'm not sure what you think about that, but I think it looks pretty, pretty awesome. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, same. It, it, it could be both. Um, I'm not quite sure yet either. Because we only see health bars, nothing else. In other battle scenes, yeah. with the, we, we see the whole UI. Maybe the summon battle UI is not finished yet, so they didn't show it. Or it's, it is oh. actually just a quick time event battle. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what I just uh, am, uh, was just reminded uh, a few seconds ago is Near Automata also had those uh, giant battles, which were quite different. And I think mm. you, you had, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, you had a uh, high, middle, and low attacks, or something like that. Uh, quite, oh, it was quite okay. basic, but de- depending on um, which of the two or three attacks you had, you used kind of like a uh, rock paper scissors system mm-hmm. or something uh, akin to that. And you have uh, had to be qu- uh, pretty quick, of course, because um, otherwise you were too slow with uh, your attacks and got hit instead. But it felt a little bit clunky, so I'm pretty sure this will feel more fluid. At least I hope so. The icon icon battles, and it's it's gonna be very very cinematic because in in one scene mm-hmm. you can see Garuda f- uh, hacking off uh, one of Ifrit's arms and Ifrit mm-hmm. f- uh, blasting off an arm of this huge giant golem <laughs> or whatever it was and stuff like that, and Phoenix getting uh, slammed by the Hellfire, and it's yeah it's. Pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it looks great. I can't wait to, you know, see more of this and, and get my hands on it because I think that it's going to uh, be exciting. And, you know, it kind of breathes like this fresh kind of vibe into the series for me. Like it's it's similar in a way uh, from what we've seen in previous installments, but it's also something different and new. and. I'm just really excited to yeah. see what they do with it. So I did like the battle and the gameplay footage that they showed. I think that the UI is a little overdone for me. I think that it needs to be a little bit more refined. I said that it's looking a little bit like Stranger of Paradise mixed with like Final Fantasy 13 right now. Mm, okay. Just like the with the text and the numbers that... True. Like the damage numbers look more... Like the font they're using, I don't know. It kind of looks like thirteen, but also fourteen. And it's kind of flashy, right? Yes, and I did see that fourteen. It looks like the limit, yeah, bar, right? Exactly. It's basically like a copy and paste from fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I just think that it, it. I'm not sure what they need to do, but it just feel like it needs to be refined. Yeah, it, it looks a little bit clunky and big. Maybe just uh, s- slim it down a little bit. Um... Maybe more cohesive. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's yeah. just not like they don't have a cohesive. That's true. Yeah. Style of it. Like, there's different colors and different bars and different. Like, I just feel like it needs to be cohesive. Like, just yeah. like, choose a style and go with it. If it's like the medieval kind of like, you know, silver, mm. which is kind of what the 
what it looks like, but then the colors don't really go with that vibe. It feels like a patchwork almost. Yeah. Like, as, as if different teams worked on different uh, aspects of the UI or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom left, there's the uh, the item command menu, which looks a little bit different than the normal attack menu to the bottom right. Yeah. And then the whole health bar and status area looks completely different. Uh, the health bar is just a bar, but the limit bars have this this clunky golden um, border around it around them, and it doesn't look bad, but it looks incoherent, as you said. It's uh, it needs work, and I'm pretty sure that's yeah. only one aspect they need to overhaul in this year that's left. Yeah, absolutely. People were disappointed because they thought that there's not going to be any party member switching mm-hmm. or other party members. I, it hasn't really been 100% confirmed, but people are a little disappointed about that. Obviously, we haven't seen any of that yet, so we don't 100% know and they haven't announced it. But Yeah, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it's a single party or a single character battle system. Mm-hmm. Because we've only seen Clive battle so far. Yeah. Plus, he can uh, switch between different uh, styles, let's say, or different summons, which lends uh, more credence to the thought of a one-person army, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. w- what else would, uh, would, the, would other party members do? And what's more... There is uh, one scene where we see Shiva unleashing diamond dust, but it's mm-hmm. the, the, we see the um, DOI from Clive's battles, and he is actually standing in front of the um, the enemy, which is called something like fire spirit, something like that. I don't quite remember. Okay. It's, just, it's just some fire elemental thing, and it's it seems like he has um, not guest characters, but maybe uh, other people or summons that uh, help from time to time. We even see this, this in the first trailer. There are, uh, I think, three or four battle scenes where we see another ally in the back battling a goblin or um, being uh, focused on another enemy and not Clive and also looking like uh, one of those marked marked guys and stuff like that. And in, in the beginning, looking like one of the Rosario Knights. So right. it's pretty sure that they're just... Uh, guest characters that are AI-driven, like Red 13 in yes. Final Fantasy Remake. Uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. <laughs> it's important to 7. Um, yeah, from that point of view, I understand that many people are disappointed because Final Fantasy has been a uh, multi-person party game or party yeah. battle system. I'm pretty sure there is... Well, there is. It's Lightning Returns, but that's a third game, a third or a second sequel of a mainline entry. So this is different. Also, Crisis Core is just Zack, but it's also a spin-off. But from the the mainline games, always party members. And maybe four at least, if not more. Well, two had three plus, I think, uh, a a fourth one that's... uh, Tagging along from time to time, so three main characters and a fourth guest, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So it is breaking conventions big time. Also, the battle system is more actiony than uh, than in remake. Remake is kind of a hybrid yeah. 
and you can always slow down and uh, scroll through your menu and take the time to select whatever item magic or attack you want doesn't mm-hmm. seem like this in in uh 16 it's pretty much just a a beat for beat action game mm-hmm. with not quite combos because if you look closely it, you do perform combos, but only by just stringing attacks uh, together. But all other attacks um, are just individual attacks that can be stringed together, kind of. But I don't think it's it's like a uh, an actual combo game like Devil May Cry or Bay- Bayonetta, which right. actually have combos. And you can uh, look look at those combos up, and uh, each combo exactly. has completely different outcomes and different... Uh, movesets mm-hmm. here it's attack has a, a multi-combo and standard standard attack we have the um the summon bound elemental attack which has a cooldown we have the r2 actions uh special abilities per summon there are two i think at least that's what we see from the trailer which also have countdowns when you use them some you can only use it in the air some you can only use on the on the ground and stuff like that and it's uh, I've I've read a post somewhere, I think it was on Reddit, that's compared the FF16 battle system to Devil May Cry and Dragon's Dogma, because the battle director is the same in all three, or at least Devil May Cry 5 and Dragon's Dogma. And it's much more like Dragon's Dogma because it has a similar, like, secondary attacks. You have those uh, face button attacks, and then you can press some, some um, switch button to uh switch certain attacks up um but it's not not this this huge combo galore like devil may cry 5 so yeah, it's something exactly. to look forward to i'm pretty sure there's uh still a little bit of um tactics or strategy involved but quick thinking mm-hmm. strategy i think and I, I also believe that the strategy comes more from which summon do i use in this situation because all uh, different summons seem to uh give Life, different um, abilities. Some are area of effect. Some are like uh, upwards or downwards attacks, uh, roundhouse attacks, straightforward stuff like that. Different uh, different elementals, and it's it looks like like a mess. But it I, I think when you're uh, past the tutorial stages, it's it should become pretty fluid. I feel the only thing that bothers me a little bit is this uh, the huge display of all those. Um, special things you do like uh combos or ability hit mm-hmm. or perfect dodge or what have you maybe it helps to see what you actually are doing but it covers like a third of the screen or something and it's uh, a little bit too distracting i hope they uh, uh shrink this down a bit or mm-hmm. don't show everything or maybe you can just switch it off in the option menu if you don't like it stuff like that yeah that's my battle system rant <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you. I understand that people are disappointed that there's no um, you know, other party members or party switching um as far as we know, but you know, Square Enix, especially for Final Fantasy, they've been moving away from that for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been seeing that with 13 uh Lightning Returns and then um also with 15, you know, there were other party members, but they weren't controllable, so Right, right, you're completely right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and in 13 you control only one, the leader and the others. You you can set commands for the others, but it's if the leader dies all 
well is over. It's, yeah. It feels, it doesn't feel like a mm-hmm. party. It feels like a leader that issues commands. Same in 15. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It's just that I think that they are trying to get away from that because, you know, it's not as popular in Western games. And I don't know. It's like they're trying to break free from that identity, maybe. Hmm. It's like they have an identity crisis. They don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe that is their identity, but was it really their identity? Because there's been other games with other party members and that have been time-based, you know, ATB system. And they've been moving away from turn-based combat um, for a while. But I don't know. It just depends on what they are trying to achieve, what they're trying to do. Mm. They're trying to grow as well as a brand and relate to, I think, you know, younger gamers as well <laughs> as us. To the and masses. trying to keep us happy because, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're trying to kind of create the newest game with amazing visuals and incredible story which are all things that are you know they're defining traits of final fantasy games right Mm. um along with you know pushing the battle system forward and just offering something fresh something new so i don't know i can understand why people are disappointed but also we do have the remake project where they do have party switching Mm -hmm. and it's like an atb fusion um you know action combat system so you know, you can play that and you get that experience in the remake project and then you play this and it's more of a, I don't know, updated, I guess, like modernized yeah. Final Fantasy game is what I'm trying to say. I, I feel remake and rebirth and the whole Final Fantasy VII uh, remake project is basically a, a real evolution of the earlier ATB yeah. systems. It's still, it's modernized. Absolutely really modernized but it still feels kind of like ATB because you have the ATB bar you can uh, stop the action to select something you're not forced to play it played like an action game but you can with the shortcuts so that's yeah. that's also it but uh, it's it's not like some people can play it perfectly without taking any damage but I think it's not meant to play it th- th- that way it's, it's, it still feels like this Quasi old school in a new um, in in a new uh, dress, but also very up, updated under the hood stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's it's hard to describe, yeah. but it's uh, I think they they struck the right balance. And sixteen just goes mm-hmm. off the rails, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it still feels like Final Fantasy because it it does go back to its roots in terms of setting. And it still has the crystals, the crystal themes. It has the yeah, the, the wars, the intrigue, and stuff like that. But the summons, yeah, exactly the, the summons or the icons, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It still has many, many hallmarks of Final Fantasy, but the gameplay probably is departing quite a bit from, uh, especially yeah. one through, let's say one through twelve. Twelve also had some a little bit of difference because the uh, enemies were also mm-hmm. already on the map not separate uh, battle screen. This was new there, but this was still kind of ATB-based, but also automated. So I think 12 was the, really the, the first one that actually quite deviated. 13 went back a bit, but very restrictive. And then 15 also went completely in the other direction uh, in basically single character uh, combat with um, yeah action-based, with dodging and stuff yeah. like that. 
let's see. I personally don't care that much because I want a cool experience. I Same. value characters, story, and just co coherence and funness of the gameplay over what specific gameplay is it. I just want to feel the, the identity of the game. Same. If it's more action, if it's more turn-based, I, I don't care that much. It just needs to, to yeah. feel coherent and fitting to, to the setting and the story and the lore, whatever they uh, are. Absolutely. Using. And it seems to fit FF16's direction. And it could be that they tried to go with a party system, but as a, as a story and the characters developed, they thought, they thought well, it, it doesn't fit. We need to, uh, to get somebody on board who is uh, who's an, uh, an expert or a, a proficient in uh, single character combat. That's, that's what mm -hmm. I think. Maybe it's not that case. Maybe they wanted to do it from the beginning. Who knows? Yeah, I'm still thinking that we might get guest party members or like you said, uh, you can recruit maybe, you know, some knights or mm, these, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're, they're not NPCs, but they will fight with you. So yeah. kind of like how Octopath Traveler, like if you talk to somebody, you could like recruit them and then choose them. And then when you go into a battle, they're there and they help you. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like something like that. You know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. But it's maybe more in depth than that, but it's not necessarily like, you know, uh, a fully controllable character that's, you know, important to the plot where we actually go and discover things about the history and the story of those characters mm. as well. Yeah. Like, it's probably not going to be that. Who knows? But I'm okay with it. I'm just open to, you know, the changes. And I think that I'm confident that Yoshi P is going to deliver something that everybody's going to enjoy. It's going to be an amazing game. It's going to sell boatloads. And which means more money for more Final yeah. Fantasy games in the future, right? And maybe they are have already been remaking Final Fantasy IX behind the scenes, which yeah. is what you know was the rumor from that Nvidia um, leak. And a lot of those games have been confirmed. So maybe what they're doing is they're remaking the classic Final Fantasies, and they're still pushing the series forward and having like this new mm. revitalized combat system and story and characters so that we're getting what we want in a different game that is that we already have played but then also this fresh new experience for newer players as well to get newer players into the series yeah exactly right? like final fantasy 15 sold a lot it sold a lot and that game went through developmental hell <laughs> yeah. so many changes it was kind of a mess in the end and streamlined even in the end it wasn't bones, even yeah. really finished yeah like Exactly. I mean, and it sold a lot. A lot of people like that game. But to, to more casual gamers or those that are not uh, hardcore JRPG gamers or hardcore Final Fantasy gamers probably just thought, well, it's a, it's a cool game. It, it plays nice, looks uh, interesting, has cool characters. Yeah, exactly. And play it once and it's good. And that's money for Square Enix. So yeah, it worked absolutely. out. Absolutely. And the marketing, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a few more things. I did say that I love this more mature and darker depiction of the characters that we're seeing. Um, kind of reminds me of like Game of Thrones-ish mm -hmm. kind of, and I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. And I did say that I'm super excited. It looks like there's kind of like a love scene or some kind of romance between characters because it shows them in bed together. Yeah. I was like, is this like... Do you think we're going to have romanceable characters? Because that would be cool. I think <laughs> that would be cool. 
you know, kind of like um, why not? Yeah, like other games that offer that. I think that would be cool. But then we would have like the uh, the shipping. Yeah, <laughs> probably community would go crazy. I feel, but I don't know. Other games have it. It would be cool. Depends on how the story is, is structured. For some stories, it doesn't make yeah. sense. For this one, it, it's it's hard to say. I do think mm -hmm. that, that this scene is a fixed scene, but who knows? Okay. It's it's really hard to say. It's hard to say. But like you, I also uh, like the uh, more mature and dark depiction, like go, going uh, in the direction of a, a real dark medieval fantasy uh, mm -hmm. game and uh, storyline. I do hope that that it still has a few few quirky moments and characters that you can mm -hmm. laugh about. But in such in such a a serious game, it's probably hard to come by. But it still needs a little bit of the uh, of alleviation at some points because if it's only dark, 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 and darker, 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 then at some point you get get depressive or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting too, where you have yeah. to stop playing because there's no like break from that. Yeah, exactly. And your uh, Game of Thrones analogy also uh, rings true because I I think one of the developers or somebody on the team mentioned uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, oh. I think if I remember correctly, um, as an inspiration. But also, if you look at the um, the Drake's head, the the crystal um, near Oriflam, that's the uh, the capital of Sunbreak in the north. This. Looks quite like the ice, the ice wall in uh, in Game of Thrones, oh. which uh, se separates the uh, the uh, the north from Winterfell and the south. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminded me of that. So maybe, <laughs> hopefully, it's also very gory. <laughs> Except not the ending. Not the ending. Nah, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the the gore, the um, the the, the mature depiction and. Probably also some inappropriate scenes, let's call it that. Also, yeah, compares a little bit to Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. And it seems like uh, many kingdoms are striving for dominance over the world, maybe. So, mm -hmm. uh, who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I also have a few, a few things, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, I, I really like that they focus on, in this trailer specifically, focus on dominance and especially icons, that there's so much to focus on, not just the trailer, but also the story, it seems. Um, they didn't say much about the about crystals and stuff, but I'm pretty sure they will show that in due time. Like, what what's what's what are those crystals about and what story and role do they play in the, in the game? Um... But f first and foremost, it's uh, all about the, the summons, the icons. And we now know for sure that Bahamut, Odin, Garuda, and Ramu are in there. Um, I personally uh, knew that Bahamut would be there for sure, because there was uh, so much evidence for that. Odin as well. Garuda, I was only speculating because Final Fantasy XIV also had Garuda and was one of the first... Uh, Primals, I think you you fight if I remember correctly because I have played it. I only heard uh, from other people, so I was pretty sure that Garuda would make an appearance. I wasn't quite sure about Ramu, but uh, it's it's great to have him here because I love Ramu. It's such a I don't know I I feel it's it's great to have a human looking character, an old wise man who can just uh, 
um, throw judgment judgment balls at uh, at the enemy. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and there's also an unnamed second icon of Earth, which is interesting because we have also a second icon of fire, Ifrit, next to uh, Phoenix. So maybe each element has a second icon to some degree. Like yeah. a, a positive or a good one and a darker version. Kind of like the dark aeons in Final Fantasy X. Each aeon had a dark version of it in the international version. All of them were optional, of course, but here they could just really be part of the story. Especially when you think about the, the, this thing about the blight. There is a blight that spreads. So maybe those are the blighted version? Who knows? It's, I, I still need to go through all those thoughts I have in my head for an uh, eventual analysis. Mm-hmm. But those are the thoughts that are swirling around in my head. And very interesting. There are, in one scene, two Ifrits fighting each other. One has mm-hmm. probably still the, the red or orange eyes, and the other has blue eyes. There are, there are blue eyes and, and orange eyes and even red eyes between the different uh, summons. And even the same summon has different eye colors throughout the trailer, which is very interesting, which also points towards the blight or uh, loss of control or emotions or something like that. So it's, it's, it's really interesting, really um, intriguing, let's say, for me, what lies behind those eye colors. There needs... There needs to be something, because they wouldn't show it otherwise. Just a minor thing, uh, a few scenes from the first trailer were shown again, but in much higher fidelity, so you really see the, the, the progress they made, which uh, mm-hmm. was, was very nice to see. And yeah, that's, that's about it from, uh, from my side that was still uh, pending. Mm-hmm. If we go deeper, then we'll st- we'll fill the whole episode. So let's do that at other time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, guys, so moving on here, we are talking about the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary event. Uh, We're going to start with Final Fantasy VII Remake, now on Steam. So I put finally, (laughs) and then I put Xbox, question mark. I don't even know if we'll ever get this on Xbox. I feel bad for uh, Final Fantasy fans on Xbox, honestly. I just feel like they just need to put it on there. Although I think you can stream games from PC to an Xbox Series X. No, it could be, yeah, could be. I I get why, you know, as an exclusive to like PS5 and yeah. Sony, like, you know, I get it, but it's on Epic Game Store and now on Steam. I mean, they might as well just release Xbox version of this game, which they probably will, but it might be later on down the line, maybe like a year from now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they they will. Maybe not. It all depends on how much uh, uh, Microsoft is willing to pay because I, I'm pretty sure that Sony pays a lot for the exclusivity. Um, but yeah. if you look at at the release schedule, it's a PS4 release was in April 2020. The Integrate Intermission release was in June 2021, ar- around a year later. Then a PC release on yeah. Epic Game Store in December, which is around half a year later. Then, now, Steam release in June 2020, another half a year later. So maybe in half a year or within a full year, there will be an Xbox release. Who knows? To hype it up again, to get even more players in, to prepare them for Rebirth. So from a marketing perspective, it would make sense, in my opinion. Even if I have 
basically no idea about marketing, just uh, from what I've seen people do. But I would try to fill the gap in between and not just with uh, Ever Crisis and uh, Crisis Core, but also with another release because it also means more money. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking because people were bringing up the sales numbers for uh, Remake, which the last number that we got was 5 million. And that was when it first released on PS4 only. Like there's been no numbers published about how many copies of Integrade they sold on PS5. The PC release version of Epic Games Store, they haven't released sales for that. So it's an old number, but people bring that up as like, oh, well, Remake is, you know, a complete um, failure for Square Enix <laughs> and they're not going to finish the series and all uh, this stuff. And I'm like, well, it just depends. It depends on how you want to look at it, because it also depends on how much is Sony paying Square to have this game exclusive yeah. on PlayStation? How much are they paying them? they might be paying them more than the profit they would make to put this game on other platforms. Probably. So there's no point to put it on Xbox because Sony is paying them more than what they would actually make selling these games on Xbox and also spending the money to port it over to Xbox. Like, I don't know. Obviously, the Series X is closer to being a PC. I don't know what kind of development needs to happen to port it for Xbox. Um, like the the changes that the PC version, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how fast of a process it is, like how much money it would be to put it on Xbox. But at this point, it probably just doesn't make any sense because they're making more money in exclusivity payments for this game to stay on PlayStation than to develop it for Xbox. Yeah, and I'm I'm not quite sure how it works with those exclusivity deals, but if they release it on Xbox will Sony stop paying them more because they don't have any any exclusivity anymore? Because then then they lose money from Sony, but gain maybe Xbox money. But if they don't sell much Mm -hmm. there, they maybe think, oh, no, it's not worth it. Uh, For the porting uh, issue, I don't think that's much much of an issue at all because they're they're developing it in Unreal Engine, which you can just uh, change the, basically change the export uh, target and then you export it to to Xbox, of course, you need to improve a lot, like um, uh, make sure that it runs nice on that system, change yeah. uh, uh, configurations around, maybe make some alternate um, different uh, size textures or something like that to, mm-hmm. make, to make it more uh, more smooth for uh, running. Didn't they have uh, performance issues on the PC release at first? Yeah. That means you cannot just uh, say, okay, export it to this platform and it, it, it just runs. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't because you also need to optimize it for this platform. It's easier, of course, yeah. because this, uh, the, if, if the engine uh, supports exporting to a platform, it's much, much easier than to just uh, try to do so in your own engine or port it to another engine that does exp- uh, support exporting to that platform and stuff like that. Yeah. But still, you need, to, you need to optimize. You need to know what to change, what configurations to change for this specific platform target to make it run as smooth. Because if it's not smooth, then, then those people uh, buying it on that platform will say, oh, this is a, this is a crap game. It doesn't run well. And, and the, then the, the, the image uh, takes a hit. So. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And Xbox as well hasn't really sold as well as the PlayStation um, yeah. historically in Japan. Mm-hmm. That's true too, yeah. 
And I think, I'm not sure how many consoles Sony, like, sold in North America historically, like PS4, PS3. I think that they did sell more than the Xbox. Pretty sure, much more, yeah. The past yeah. few console generations. I'm pretty sure it's been all of them. I, I'm not quite sure about PS3 and Xbox, what was it, 360? Uh, I think the Xbox 360 outsold PS3, but uh, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. It's just yeah. I vaguely remember. I remember PS2 yeah. sold oh, yeah. way more than the original Sold Xbox. a boatload. I think 150 yeah. million or something like that. Just a ridiculous amount. And PS4 also did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, PS5, given the circumstances, also very well. And um, Up until, I think, three months ago, it was always uh, above. Xbox yeah. in terms of sales, uh, it's only the the last three months I've heard that uh, Xbox um, One S and X outsold PS Five. Hmm. But still, I I, th- I think PS Five is still in, still in front of them total. Yeah. But I I, I need I need to check the uh, the numbers. You can uh, you can write comments about that to let us know. But that's my current um, state of knowledge. Yeah. I think that Final Fantasy is going to end up staying on PlayStation and it might make more financial sense for Square Enix to, mm. to keep it there, potentially. Even Final Fantasy 16 is PS5 exclusive for now. Yeah. And Rebirth as well. So I think they, they stay to their, stick to their guns. And I think so. Just keep the exclusivity for as long as possible. Uh, PC release one year later, stuff like that. I think they'll, they'll stay on track. Yeah. I think so too. And also Final Fantasy is a console seller, you know? Like people yeah. are going out and buying consoles to play Final Fantasy games. And and Sony knows that, you know? Mm. So And also to everybody all of you who uh refused to install the Epic launcher because it didn't want to get it just for one game, well, the wait paid off. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And speaking of other systems, uh, some people theorize that maybe there will be a, a downsized Switch version. It's at some point I always thought, no, it's that's just not possible. Switch <laughs> is just not as powerful enough, and they would need to to downgrade it to such a degree that it's probably it, it doesn't uh, meet their standards. But now with uh, Steam, you have Steam Deck. Feel free to play it on the go. Yeah, absolutely. I did say that I thought that we might be getting a Switch Cloud version. Oh, yeah, could be. Maybe yeah. an Xbox release as well, because the snitch on Twitter kind of like leaked the Crisis Core remaster. Um, but I thought it could potentially be Remake mm. instead coming up for a Switch on the cloud and then Xbox, because it had a picture of the, uh, I think, the last scene from yeah. Remake. With Aerith and uh, Aerith, Zach, and Cloud, Zach yeah. when they walk past yes, each other, yes, yeah, yes. holding Cloud. So I, 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 I didn't get like, oh, uh, Crisis Core from that because I was like, well, this is obviously from remake. I remember it. So mm. I'm pretty sure this this was uh, leaking or foreshadowing or whatever. Uh, Crisis Core uh, remaster yeah. for all those platforms because it it will come out on all platforms, hopefully simultaneously. Yeah, but then they're gi- yeah, so they're giving Crisis Core on all platforms. That's <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's That's very interesting. Yep, and it well, only came out on the PSP originally, right? So yes, that's an interesting choice. Mm. I think it's going to sell because people are dying to play any 
like Final Fantasy VII content, I think, on Switch and Xbox. So, yeah, sure. Pretty sure it will sell, especially when they uh, release it on all platforms simultaneously. Then it's just uh, more money on uh, at once, basically. Yeah. All right, so moving on here, we're talking about The First Soldier Season 3. So very quickly, did you want to start us off here, Viz? Sure. Um, as I said multiple times, I don't play it. I'm not quite interested. I don't like Battle Royales and multiplayer in general. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. But, um, yeah, I already saw trailer stuff for me. It wasn't new. Like the water material wasn't new for me. The outfits wasn't new for me. Just basically my eyes glazed over a little bit because it wasn't... <laughs> something that was interesting for me and nothing quite as new so i thought well okay let's just keep going but still um taking that aside for a moment water materia we never had a water materia in the original or did this crisis core have water materia i don't quite remember i don't think it had it either i know that kingdom hearts had water mm. but in ff7 canon i don't think there is one unless i'm completely off off base and uh, misremembering and i also don't quite know what before crisis had for uh, material and stuff um uh, but especially for seven it is new we don't didn't had one before so maybe it will come to rebirth alongside the earth element because the earth element mm-hmm. element was uh, clearly missing and i have an idea why so in Remake, we had Fire, Ice, Thunder, and Arrow. Fire is heat. Well, okay, it's, it's a, a desert around Midgar. It's, it's hot, heat, stuff like that. We have Ice. Um, it's cold. Kind of cold steel of Midgar. It's, it's just such a cold city and not really warm. Mm-hmm. We have Thunder, which is electricity, which is what Mako produces uh, in all those um, reactors. And Arrow, which is wind. Pretty sure it's windy out there everywhere. Uh, especially in, in the under at on the underplate in what was it chapter six it was also pretty yeah. windy. Um, so thematically, all those fit. But now we're outside in nature, and nature has earth and water. We need, uh, the earth needs water to survive. So I'm pretty sure that we will get both in uh, rebirth, which also makes sense mm. to. Uh, provide more elements because now we have four we have four now and then we have six it's kind of built yeah. upon uh, the first part in terms of gameplay and i'm really looking forward to getting those elements and maybe in uh, in the last part which i hope uh, is called uh, resolve this i'm glad you also uh, called it resolve at the very beginning of this episode because i think resolve makes uh, a lot of sense but more on that later so if uh, in Resolve we might get the holy and darkness um, elements, who knows? Yeah, that would be really cool. I like your idea um, about the water, materia, and earth. And it just makes sense because they're out exploring the yeah. world and, you know, in the mountains and, I don't know, just like, you know, on the plains, just like in the greater, larger world. So I think it does make sense. Yeah. They haven't seen it yet, so it would be something new that they could give us. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they end up coming up with for Rebirth. But, you know, the fact that they made it for the first soldier Mm -hmm. is... I think it's a clue. I think, like, you're onto something there, for sure. Like, why would they make it for the first soldier? Just... and put it in that. 
yeah and not have it anywhere else. exactly i don't know why exactly. would they do that like if you're playing the game and you're new to the game and you've only played the first soldier and you're like where's the water material oh there isn't one you know what i mean yeah i don't know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i mean that's a broad generalization but it's not available so mm. i don't know but yeah i think that would be cool yeah same and I think in this uh, season three they announced uh, was also the all those silly costumes. I don't think they showed off yes. all of them. No, because I I remember uh, seeing a tweet announcing uh, five new um, costumes. One was yeah, Genova in the tank, Genova Dreamweaver, and then some weird uh, Genova Power Ranger outfit. I don't quite know what that is. Oh yeah, the the, the uh, black purple one, and then this weird uh green reactor like outfit which has a radio head <laughs> kind of weird thing and then an actual reactor in chocobo uh format like a, a reactor chocobo as a costume and like what is this <laughs> i was just come on chocobo fine but a chocobo reactor i mean sure it's yeah. shinra but <laughs> it yeah. starts to get ridiculous it doesn't have to make sense viz Fair, fair. It's just silly costumes and they can sell them more and people can show yeah. off and just Why be not? silly in the game, which <laughs> I guess, I guess. It's just for an outsider perspective, it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No no shame to those who buy them and use them because it's... Of course. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's fun to, to uh, run around with those and mock the others. Oh, you got killed by a chocobo <laughs> reactor. Ha ha. <laughs> Yeah. Could you just buy them or do you have to buy a ticket and then the ticket is a raffle and then your chances of getting one is like one in one million? Is that... Oh, I have no like, idea. Could you buy them? I don't even know. I, but don't I remember. Know. I remember before, I think, I forget what skin it was, but people were complaining because they were like, you can't even... Like oh. you have tickets and then you use your ticket, but it's for like a raffle system. Oh, so could be, yeah. it's a random drop. You can't yeah. even get it. You just can't even buy it in the store. So mm. we, we really need to have John Ron on at some point because yes. he's uh, uh, the first soldier aficionado. So yeah, uh, yeah. let's soon. hope this happens Very at some soon. point. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did want to just say that they did include the DMW system from Final Fantasy VII right. Crisis Core. It says that slot reels appear when you deal a certain amount of damage to give effects like increased movement speed, increased critical hit chance, and HP recovery. So I think that's really cool that they're including that system in the First Soldiers. So. Yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds fun. It just uh, changes mm-hmm. up the gameplay a little bit and and, and yep. provides this this oomph for uh yeah for exactly. besides normal gameplay. Maybe even if it's just uh, randomized, but I think so many yep. things are randomized anyway, especially as what you said with the, the basically lottery tickets you have to buy yeah. for the outfits. <laughs> so Yeah, absolutely. And it's great because it's kind of giving, you know, an introduction. I mean, if you play this and you haven't already played Crisis Core, it's kind of like, oh, what's this? And mm-hmm. then if you end up playing the, you know, Crisis Core reunion, then yeah. it's like something that you've already seen. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing this in First Soldier. So mm-hmm. I'm getting stat bonuses or I'm getting you know, uh, increased movement speed or different, like, you know, uh, bonuses that the system gives. So mm-hmm. I just like it. I think that it's great. And I think that it makes sense. It's basically promotion for the game. So yeah, absolutely. And then it looks like we have a Zach mimic. It says a buster, a buster sword will appear on the training field during the collab. 
So take the sword to transform into Zack. <laughs> Dash through the air and hit your enemies with special combos. Only appears in standard matches. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is great. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and also the polygonal CC uh, skins. Mm-hmm. They, look, they look nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Angeal. Yeah. <laughs> Genesis. I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, Viz, so moving on here, we're going to be talking about Ever Crisis and the extended trailer that we got at the event. So did you want to go ahead and start yes, us off with this section? Yes, yes. I'm hyped and not quite as hyped at the same time because oh, it's uh, <laughs> mobile only and I'll probably mm. try to get it to run on Bluestacks because I, I don't play on mobile. I just It's just not my style. But then... Uh, is it possible to still kind of uh, play with a controller? Probably not. So I have to use the mouse in the battles and in the battle uh, scenes. I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. But I, I certainly want to play it because it will be a different experience, even if it's just playing through the original yeah. again, playing through Crisis Core again. But I'm pretty sure it's a little bit streamlined. Um, the battles are different. I've seen. I yeah. Now we could uh, take a closer look at the. Um, battle system i have a few things to say about that too and we get to play before crisis lore dirt of cerberus without the clunky uh battle system there in the original dirt of cerberus so this is hype and advent children so for those three yeah those three we haven't seen yet we have only seen uh the original and crisis core so i'm hyped for those but yeah We'll we'll see how everything will uh, will pan out. I'm pretty sure it will still still be fun, even if you don't play on a on a mobile phone in some way. Um. So yeah, that's all, uh, just a quick idle thought. We have seen the original and Crisis Core. The original, of course, is out, and we have the remake. And the original parts of Ever Crisis use a lot of remake assets for the uh, the surroundings and in battle. We now have the uh, Crisis Core reunion announcement and i'm pretty sure they take a lot of assets from there for ever crisis and since there are no other versions of uh, advent children before crisis and there's of cerberus i'm pretty sure we won't see anything of those until they announce maybe a there's cerberus remaster please no <laughs> <laughs> or uh, uh before crisis port is uh, uh, souped up um before Crisis would be cool because only Japanese uh, could play it on yeah. one of their special phones, this, uh, <laughs> which is a shame. Um, yeah, or, or maybe they, they'll just uh, reveal those as they go, um, maybe sometime next year without having other releases for Before Crisis, Search of Servers, or Advent Children. Who knows? But for now, it's OG and CC only. Um, what I also find pretty awesome is the outfits. I hope you can unlock them and don't have to buy them. Same for the for the battles uh, for battles mm-hmm. for the uh, the weapons and stuff. Because in one interview they said that uh, we will there will be some microtransactions for weapons and stuff. So I hope it's not just buy only, so that you can just play a little bit longer and get those, especially the the outfits. Yeah, I agree. Um, we have Samurai Cloud, which is interesting. He uses uh, a katana or samurai sword, but still has two more uh, holsters on his uh, on his belt, which oh. which reminds me of Rononoa Rono Soro from uh, One Piece, who also has three katanas. 
So I did not even notice that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it goes by pretty quickly and it's dark. So um, I usually download trailers and then uh, look at it in Premiere Pro so I can just yes. uh, scrub through the footage and go frame by frame back and forward. So it's uh, it's pretty easy to spot those things. And I can also add effects like uh, brightness and uh, um, adjust the the contrast oh, to right. see more details in the dark areas. So for that, it's uh, it's it's very handy to have Premiere Pro or mm-hmm. any other similar uh, video editing software. But yeah, that's Samurai Cloud with I I call her Biker Tifa because it kind of looks like a sort of biker <laughs> outfit. Um, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not a biker myself. And Setra Aerith looks so beautiful. Mm-hmm. At first, at first glance, like in the first half second, I thought, "Oh, wedding dress." Oh no, it's just a Setra, Setra thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe uh, Minerva stuff, but Minerva looks too different and has uh, like an, an Athena um, um, armor to her, not uh, such a dress like Aerith dons. But oh, that's, right. that's why I think it's just a, a Setra outfit for Aerith, and looks really beautiful, as said. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure we'll get so many more. Most likely also <laughs> bathing suits would have you because those always sell. Yeah. <laughs> please, Costa yes, del Sol do. bathing suits and, and surfing minigames and stuff, please. But that's uh, a conversation for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what I also noticed, uh, this, the scenes where they show off the costumes are in battles against uh, those two uh, humongous enemies in Wu- in the Wu Chai segment from Crisis Core. Mm-hmm. So this is probably part of their the bo- boss rush mode. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you can only um, apply those costumes for the boss boss rush mode. Um, I'm pretty sure because during the normal gameplay, more probably kind of feel jarring. Uh, maybe uh, battling Sephiroth in your trunks. <laughs> I don't know. I would that would be great. It would be awesome, yeah. But still I'm I'm not quite sure what they'll do, but um it could be that they they uh confine all the customization for the boss rush mode, not for the story missions. Yeah. Um and now something very interesting. I, I posted about this on Twitter because in one of the battle scenes against motor or motorball uh in the original game. Aerith has diamond dust instead of the limit break. The others have uh, limit breaks, fire in the hole, and blade burst ready, and also full limit break bars, yellow. But Aerith has a purple or a pink limit bar. And it says diamond dust. And in the next scene, uh, Shiva actually emerges and uses diamond dust. So I see two possibilities. Either you can equip either limit break or a summon for the limit bar. Or there is a mechanism that turns your limit bar into the summon bar, and then you can summon. Kind of like uh, in, in Remake, where summons have certain conditions you need to meet uh, for the summon bar to appear and fill up. Maybe something like that, who knows. But it's, it's a, a very interesting mechanic uh, I found there. Because hmm. it, the, the UI is completely different. You have an attack button, which also has a, a, its own ATB bar, a circular around the button. And then you have an actual ATB bar with six segments and all your abilities you can press 
each ability costs one, two, three, or uh, uh, however many ATB uh, bars or segments. Yeah. And there I only saw uh, normal abilities, uh, elemental attacks, stuff like that, but no, uh, no summon stuff, of course. So it and summons need to be special. So I'm pretty sure they. Uh, that just link them to, to the limit bar to kind of make them more special, and you have to choose between uh, do I want to use limits, do I want to use summons, stuff like that. So where on the UI is the limit break slash um, summon icon? Is directly underneath the HP bar. On the left. Yes, there are two. Uh, it's interesting in in, in Ever Crisis you all, only have one character active with the whole menu stuff, and then to the left, uh, small depictions of the other two characters with HP bar, limit bar, and uh, I think the current ability they ha- they they want to uh, execute and um, the face. Yeah. So HP bar and limit bar are the, the more important parts. Also, no MP, only ATB. Which is also pretty interesting, but lends itself more hmm. to a fast-paced mobile game because you don't want yeah. to manage all your resources; you just want to press buttons. Yeah, exactly. So this makes sense. Yeah, I was thinking that there's a little arrow there, so I was thinking that it's just like a pop-out menu, so you can mm. actually have a limit and a summon equipped at the same time. But you just press that, and it'll open the menu, so it extends it. So you have two boxes, and then you press what limit break, or if you want to summon. Maybe could be. I I can just look at my own uh, image again. And oh no, there there is a an arrow, but it's a, it's it's the the uh, the uh, yellow arrow next to the character name, which only depicts oh this one is the leader, like in remake. It has the exact same uh, iconography. I don't think there's any other menu you can uh, open. There is hmm. a uh, this usual mobile ham- hamburger menu, but that's probably just to uh, pause the game or go into settings or exit it or something. And then you have the auto uh, button where I can just basically go into auto mode like in Final Fantasy XIII where I can just select auto and then it will just select all the ATB uh, actions for you, for you. You don't have to select them yourself. Other than that, I don't see anything. And what's also interesting is Aerith does have her own limit breaks. In one scene where you see the uh, her Setra outfit, she uses Seal Evil, which is one of her limit breaks. So it's not that Aerith has turned into a summoner. She's, she, still, she still uses normal, normal limit breaks. But here in this screenshot, she has Diamond Dust ready. So that's uh, quite the interesting feature, let's say. There's a lot, I'm just going to say, in the first soldier, yes, it's it's mobile, but there's a lot of menus that are hidden uh, under menus in that game oh, that I pop see. out. When you press something, mm-hmm. it has a pop-out menu with you can choose between level one, two, or three of the materia, even mm-hmm. if it's upgraded. So, like, there's a lot of buried menus, so oh, I don't I know. See. I hope yeah. that we can do both. Yeah, same. Like, I wouldn't want to choose between a, a limber break or a summon. Mm. Like, why not give us both? I hope they give us both. Maybe you can press on the uh, um, on the on the face graphic because the face graphic is also surrounded by this uh, purple or pink um, border that signifies it's a, it's a summon. And underneath the uh, the character icon, it says Diamond Dust. So maybe you can press on it and then select between summon or 
limit break, maybe. That's also something I can see. So you're right, maybe there's a hidden menu and, and it's just not uh, signified by arrows or other icons. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm looking at the video now. Yeah, it just looks like it's a purple glow yeah. around her like portrait. And then the bar is yeah. purple. Exactly. Portrait, that's, that's the term I, I searched for before. <laughs> portrait. Oh. Yeah. It does have like a triangle in the corner of their name. Yeah, that's, that's the, uh, the leader uh, signifier. That's in, in remake as well. It says who is the leader, uh, like which with which uh, character you're running around as. Not not running around, but uh, the one yeah. that uh, that you control at the start of battle. Like with with, with which character you start the battle. That's what this this uh, yellow triangle is for. Hmm. Now I'm pretty sure it works the same here because I'm pretty sure you you run around with Cloud all the time, and then when the battle starts, you start with the character you uh, decided as uh, decided to be the leader, and then you can just switch whenever you want, of course, like in the remake. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping that you can do both. That yeah. would be great instead of having to choose between them. This would would be a bit of a bummer. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the most important or most interesting and intriguing segment of this trailer was. The re- re- reveal of how Sephiroth looks in his youth. With short hair, shorter um, coat, and smaller um, shoulders and stuff like that. And a different katana. He doesn't have the Masamune, it's a different one. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody getting uh, Chadley vibes? Because I am. <laughs> Well, not quite the same hairstyle, but yeah, there, there are th- certain uh, people that kind of have a feeling that Sephiroth and Chadley have more in common that, that, that you may think. Mm-hmm. I don't agree, because the, besides the uh, the silver hair, there's basically nothing connecting those two. But who knows? I've been, been wrong on things in the past. <laughs> well, it could be with Chadley was like based on Sephiroth, like when he was younger. You could know what be, I mean? could be, because... I'm still uh, crafting uh, theories about Chadley. Uh, I still have this in my in my back burner, but uh, now other videos need to be made first. I know. But this Chadley uh, analysis, there is one thing I can uh, provide as a teaser. He's he, he claims to be Hojo's assistant, but he's yeah. uh, an android. I think, or, or a cyborg. No, he says cyborg exactly. <laughs> So he was human, but then made into a robot, basically. Um, so he was human. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what a cyborg implies. But oh. yeah, it could be that Hojo uh, made him kind of in the image of a young Sephiroth. But maybe mm-hmm. that's not it's not more to it. It's maybe all it is to it. Who knows? But more importantly, that's yeah, it's a little bit uh, a bit tangent, more uh, off topic. But there is a lot of gold saucer and uh, catchy or Sith imagery on the design of Chadley. But that's for another video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, just one thing about uh, young Sephiroth. Um, they already teasered this um, or talked about. 
an additional chapter or additional storylines about this one legendary soldier's youth, which of course is Sephiroth. They never named him, but of course it was Sephiroth. Plus uh, also uh, younger versions of Shindra executives, which will probably take part in this uh, story segment with Sephiroth at, let's say, around 15 years of age or something. Probably where he starts to realize that he's so much, so much stronger than uh, everybody else and mm-hmm. nobody's a match for him and he's uh, something special and stuff like that. Who knows what, what they cook up, but it's, it's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I thought of when uh, seeing short hair version, ah, it's, it's Riku or young Cyanord from, from Kingdom Hearts because they have similar hairstyles. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. I'm sure people are like, oh god, not Riku. <laughs> oh god, not Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's about it from my side from uh, the Ever Crisis trailer. And I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward mm-hmm. to it. Definitely. Same here. You said that it's great to see an extended look um, at the scenes for this game. A lot of people freaked out when they saw Aerith's uh, outfit, which I thought was really cool. Just the fact that they're showing more of the outfits, like Tifa looked cool, like you said, like a biker girl kind of, you know, off the shoulder, like sweater. And I thought it was actually Mm -hmm. Cloud's um, Advent Children outfit that that I saw. But you said it was like a ninja outfit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, at, at first I also thought it was Advent Children because it looks kind of different when it, it just flies by. Yeah, Where he has like a leather jacket with like the shoulder thing. Yeah, and also this um, uh, one-sided coat-like uh, thing around his yes, legs. Yes, Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when, when you look closer, of course, you, you see the two additional um, s- samurai swords or katanas. Yeah. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to see because it's dark and it's uh, kind of a, a, a fast scene. Yeah, yeah I watched two- it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I was trying to find the original press video on their website because I like to download the actual yeah. videos and then like watch them in slow motion. But they don't have nope. the Ever Crisis trailer posted. Nope. Just the uh, Crisis Core. Um, yes, only Crisis Reunion Core trailer and Reunion, but it's almost as compressed as the one on YouTube, so it doesn't really yeah. do much. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. It's a real shame. I was saying maybe we get this in Rebirth, like outfit changes. I would like to see yeah. that, you know, they're, they're putting it in this. I'm not saying like maybe as crazy as like just wearing whatever you want and like buying in things from the shop and it's outrageous and it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like if you could buy different outfits and they do show that maybe pertain to the story or have some effect, like give you a bonus stat or something, that'd be really cool. And obviously we didn't get that in remake and they don't have that in the original. So like, how could you justify it? But well, to a to a certain degree, they have different outfits in the original, but only uh, when they're but it's uh, story. Dis- yeah, dis- when they're disguising themselves as uh, Shindra yes. uh, soldiers and MPs and the mar- marshmallow on the sailor uh, on the beach. Unfortunately, not. But I hope they will introduce uh, separate costumes for there. And yeah. I also hope they will uh, receive new clothing from Holtzoff uh, near Gaia's Cliff to keep warm yeah, instead cool. of doing this stupid mini mini game just just get them uh warm clothes and then uh be done with it yeah 
And I would like to see the equipment on them, like if it if they're wearing yeah. like a bangle, like show it, or they're wearing a vest or something. Yeah, this would be cool too. But I think this is uh, too too much work because then they have to with a with a vest, it has to fit on on the the outfit and. Tifa or Aerith wearing wearing a uh, um, a protection vest That's true. look weird, and yeah. Barrett uh, wearing a tiara and stuff like that, which just uh, looks silly. <laughs> but the the the, uh, the that that's only for accessories. But the uh, the actual armor are just uh, bangles, basically. Yeah, they could show that. But still, yeah, cool. maybe they tried and it looked silly. That's why why they didn't oh, do maybe. it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But out a whole outfits there they need they need to be there. Also, when we visit Wu Tai, then maybe there's a some event there where they all dress up, traditional Wu Tai garments, just things like that. L- yeah. Local local outfits. And agreed. And. Uh, Bathing suits and uh, trunks and stuff like that. It just it just sells like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Put them in a trailer, and then everybody will love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we got a look at I guess Final Fantasy Seven OG and Crisis Core in Ever Crisis, which I'm happy about. I'm assuming that we didn't get anything else because potential spoilers for yeah. Rebirth. The other games in the series as well, so maybe they don't have the assets yet. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. But I was also confused because they cut between both of the games multiple times. Yeah. I'm like, wait, where's this scene from? Is this from? <laughs> is this from Crisis Core? Is this from OG? Like, I, I was like, what is happening? So it broke my brain basically. Like, I was like, what is happening? And then people were like, that's not, that's not Sephiroth's katana like it's not the same one and blah blah blah. and i'm like well i realized that they they focused on that but then people are like theorizing like it just was like so much at once Mm -hmm. i was like okay i Mm -hmm. i can't even think about that i'm like i just can't like i just (laughs) yeah same thing with the buster sword like zach's buster sword is not like the one that we're used to seeing yeah it doesn't have the golden hilt yeah yeah so then they were like oh well here's my theory that you know this is like not the real Zach. This is the and all this stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, uh, it just was overwhelming, and I'm like, mm. I haven't even had time to even like kind of unpack any of that yet. We'll talk about it in a bit, mm. maybe. But anyway, I also said at the end, it looks like that Sephiroth has like geostigma or something, or is that blood on his face? Because they did focus on that. I think it's oh, blood. Okay, yeah. it looks black though. Yeah, it's just dark red. It's dark red. Yeah. Mm. Because geostigma is not a thing there yet. Only after OG. Yeah. Well, I was impressed with this. I can't wait to get my hands on it, to play it. I have an iPhone and I have a Mac, so I can just like do screen share mm. on my computer screen on my Mac and then also use my controller. And oh, nice. it's not like the first soldier where it's an online like shooter. So True. this something like this would work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it works in blue stacks though, so that you can play. But the first soldier did for like a few hours, and then they updated it so it doesn't work on blue stacks. So seriously, that's weird. Yeah, I hope that you can play it on blue stacks. Otherwise, we'll have to do a crowdfunding so you can get an iPad. 
from our listeners so you can play it or something like that do that yeah Yeah. um yeah we may have to do that take donations although i'm not quite sure um because uh one of one of our scholars on on a cco the one that uh that records footage for the videos tried the first soldier in uh, blue stacks and it worked at least the title screen so it worked for me way back mm. and then they updated it and then after that it didn't work anymore but i haven't went back to it in a while oh, so maybe maybe it, maybe it was now. maybe it was temporary who knows yeah yeah well i'm super excited for this game i do think that it's going to be more like the pocket edition of final fantasy 15 mm, yeah uh now from seeing this like it's not going to be all of those games in this one game and it's not going to be the exact same game like it's just going to be the main story beats of the games in the compilation all together like i was thinking it was going to be all of the games like everything but the vibe that i'm getting it's it's not because like i i was surprised like we're going to talk right now about crisis core reunion Mm -hmm. uh reveal so like i was surprised that they actually came out with that because my thought process was like why are they going to spend time and money to do that when they're just giving us the story through ever crisis anyway so yeah exactly. isn't it redundant so i was really surprised but then i thought about it after and i'm like well if it's just chapters like it's not gonna be the exact same game recreated in ever crisis it's just gonna be the main story beats so that mm. we're getting all of the story uh like a refresher on yeah. the story like it's still a game that we're playing we're taking control of the characters I like that, but then I realized, okay, well, it's not going to be just the exact game recreated in Ever Crisis, more like Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition, because mm. it's not the full, it's the full game, but it's just, it's the story beats, it's yeah. not the exact same uh, game just made in chibi characters, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I see the value there of having the Crisis Core Reunion uh, game available. Yeah, so let's just, I guess, start talking about that. So I just said I was surprised that we were getting this. I just said, are we getting these games at the same time? Because I think that if we're getting Crisis Core Reunion, it's coming earlier than ever Crisis, right? Oh, it's it's hard to say. I think it said bo- this winter. Yeah, both both in this winter, maybe because it's a little bit redundant. Because yeah. if we're playing through Crisis Core Reunion, then we're getting that story, and then we're also getting it again in Ever Crisis. And they're not going to probably release the Crisis Core story chapters at first mm. because they said Ever Crisis is going to start with Final Fantasy OG story, yeah, right? I think so, yeah. So there's going to be some, like a little bit of a break between when we play Crisis Core Reunion and then get that story in Ever Crisis. Could be. But I think it's an interesting choice. I'm happy about it. I wanted to play Crisis Core um, Remaster for a while. I love that it's coming multi platform, it's going to be on the Switch. Yeah. Some people were upset that it's coming on Switch because they were like, oh, thanks, Switch players. Like, you're the reason why we're not getting a complete, like, remake of Crisis Core, um, you know, from modern day platforms. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that was in the cards anyway, yeah. to be honest with you. Definitely. <laughs> like, we don't know that. And I, I like that it's coming on, on Switch and all these other platforms so people can actually get some Final Fantasy VII content on other platforms. I think it's a perfect game the switch so i'm I'm looking forward to it yeah same i also think that's it's a, it's, a, it's a good choice to release it everywhere also it's again pretty sure it's in made in unreal engine 5 it's mm-hmm. from the scenes i saw uh there there was a video uploaded which uh 
showed both side by side, the original and uh, the scenes from the trailer, and they're identical. All the mm-hmm. animations, it's really identical in terms of animation and camera and stuff. It's just that the models are completely different. Exactly. So it seems yeah. like they imported a lot of uh, things into Unreal Engine, especially all the, the bones and the animations and yeah. probably also the, the models, but then replaced all the models, all the textures, all the uh, the level elements with uh, with completely new assets so that it actually yeah. looks good, but is still mm-hmm. the same game. And maybe then recreated the logic um, according to the original game. It seems like they still have the source code because otherwise, why, why recreate it one for one exactly this way? This this would be too much too much work if they didn't have uh, the source code or something. So yeah, I think that's that's why it's it's possible and why it also looks so good. Because at first I thought, wait, a full on remake. But no, it's just yeah. a, a really sophisticated uh, remaster. It's technically a remake because they don't take the original game in the same engine and just make it better. But yeah. you recreate everything in the new engine, I, I hope, with uh, with all the same assets so that they have the whole foundation and then build upon it. And when you look, the UI is also completely uh, redone. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a huge difference. Sure, the individual elements are there, but it's it's still very much different. Especially uh, material and item. In the original, you you had you could equip all the um, the material and I think also items to the slots, and then you just uh, switch through the slots and use whatever you have selected in the slots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, yeah, all those slots are only items, and the material is a special four point sub menu probably uh, mapped to the four uh, face buttons. Yes. And this is quite de- quite a departure in terms of UI and user experience. So but that's good. It, I think it's, it's good too. Honestly, yeah. the UI, the original one and the control scheme, not my favorite. Nah, same, same. Not my favorite. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? what is happening? <laughs> I mean, I figured it out eventually, but like when you initially start playing, you're like, okay, okay, whoa. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, yeah. I just found it really annoying and super hard to control, and I also was confused. Yeah, it's it, it breaks the flow a little bit because it's set up like a kind of an action game. Sure, mm-hmm. you had the, 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 the reticle, you had to yeah. say which one you want to attack and then uh, scroll through your uh, material slots or whatever to select the magic or ability or item you wanted to use it. It, was, yes. it, it felt a little bit clunky, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, but honestly, now there's no barrier to entry, right? Like it's yes. just we're it's it's a remaster. It looks great, available on all platforms pretty much. And I just I'm I love it. I mm. I like that, you know, this is being made. Yeah, same. And I'm totally going to get it and I'm going to play it and I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. <laughs> also, this is interesting. They didn't just reuse all the old voice clips because now they yeah. want to voice all the dialogue because exactly. maybe half the dialogue was not spoken just uh, in text and since they want to have everything spoken they can't or probably don't want to uh, reuse the old VAs because they will by now they will sound different some maybe not alive or don't want to who knows and now there are new VAs especially Zack already has a new v- uh, voice actor in remake and it will make sense to use the same one in uh, Crisis Core Union 
So yeah, that's it. New VAs, and there are probably a lot of maybe not a lot, but a certain uh, section of the fan fandom that are upset about this and want the, the old VAs back and make petitions and stuff like for remake. But uh, just just please roll with it. It's not the end of the world. As long as the the new VAs make a good do, do a good job and make it sound passable. <laughs> I did not think that this was new. This was um, Zach's new uh, voice actor. Well, I just assumed it was the new one because it didn't quite sound like the old one. It had oh. it had the similar tone, like in his last stand. It sounded more like the original, hmm. like the tone, because in remake he has a more upbeat um, voice direction. Uh, maybe they realized, oh, this wasn't quite the the, the voice direction that was uh, meant to be there and reverted to the old voice direction, where it's more serious. So, who knows? But uh, from, from what I've heard, all the VAs are new. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's the same voice actor for uh, Zach, but since they need to have everything voiced, like you had said, because previously there were some parts that didn't have voice acting and you just had to read text. Those are now voice acted, but the only new voice that I heard was Aerith. Uh, Aerith, it's, it's, uh, sounds like it's, uh, Brianna White. Not 100% sure, but uh, she sounds like, like, like this. Yeah. And, and she also sounds different. Oh. Sephiroth, not quite, but it could be that, uh, Tyler Herklin, uh, uh, managed to get closer to CC Sephiroth, but it's just from what I've heard that the VAs are new, and Angel is definitely a, a new voice actor. Zach's hmm. impression of Zach speaking at the very first thing he says sounds robotic and weird, and not like the original. So it's it sounds re-recorded, but who knows? Um, I didn't look hmm. m- more into it, so uh, you can all correct me if you want. I think that I've read conflicting things, honestly, because Could I be. think somebody was saying it's literally copy and paste like the same voices. It's just that they edited it and they made it sound more clear. Mm. They might have added some kind of like a, I don't know, plug in or yeah, some kind of like voice. Like yeah. yeah, filter, like a voice effect to it to make it sound different, like a little bit different because this, the audio quality was coming out of the PSP. Like yeah. this is not up to par with like today's yeah. standards with audio. So they probably took them, they exported it and then they put it through some kind of a like filter or updater. I don't know. Well, um, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the source audio files weren't uh, that good because of the compression for that. So that everything fits onto the, uh, the I don't remember how the disc was called for, for the PSP. But this disc only had, I think, 2.1 gigabytes, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, so all those sound files had to be compressed. And now they have more, uh, more free uh, data space for, for that. And you can only do so much to improve them. And since they would need to re-record a lot anyway to make the old bad uh, voice clips sound like the good re-record new ones is probably too much of a hassle so just re-record everything mm. and then if certain uh, voice actors aren't available anymore or they they think okay let's just 
streamline everything. Let's have the same voice actors, actors we already have employed and contracted to now also record for Crisis Core. So it's from, from the uh, workflow and the uh, work pipeline makes more sense to take the same ones and not just uh, try to get the old crew together because they now also sound much different. It's, uh, what was it, 15, 16 years ago, Crisis Core released. So in so, in so many years, uh, voices change. That's probably also another reason why they uh, chose uh, to record with the new ones. But again, I have to check uh, and really make sure that all of them are new. And Giel is definitely new. He, he sounds different. Zach, maybe. Yeah. Eric, definitely. So... I think you're right. Yeah. I just went back and rewatched the ending to remake on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right. Of course I am. No. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just what I heard and what what uh yeah, I heard yeah. in the trailer and what make what it doesn't make sense. And that's true. Yeah. It also in the end it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> yeah. As long as the end product is is good, sounds good, is enjoyable, then it's all good, all fine. And also, I, I do think it makes sense since uh, it is coming out between remake and rebirth that does the voice actors sound the same across those titles. And oh yeah, I totally yeah. agree. So that it's consistent, exactly. Cohesive. Yeah. And since Ever Crisis is not voiced at all, it doesn't really matter there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, and here's a big change. We already talked about this or brushed <laughs> this a little bit in the Ever Crisis trailer, but the original Buster Sword is shown and not the Golden Hilt one. So it really seems like they want to mm-hmm. retcon or, let's say, correct the mistake they made in the past to change up the Buster Sword. And now it seems like all the newer iterations have the uh, the studded hilt. For, uh, on the Buster Sword, not yeah. the golden one. Besides this w- one small scene taken from Advent Children in Chapter 18 of Remake, uh, where we see Cloud facing off against Sephiroth, this uh, one uh, yeah. sliver of future memory shown during the Harbinger fight. That's the only one, only time where we still see the golden hilt. Everywhere else, it's gone. And I'm glad. Uh, although... There was a theory floating around that uh, back in Zack's time, he had the golden boss sword, but then uh, he or Cloud, no, or then Cloud um, covered it up for some reason to maybe just bury the past. Yeah. And then after he regains his um, all his memories after the live stream um, segment, he takes it off again, so he, he has uh, like his fake persona the uh the, the studded layer uh, above it the the uh, iron uh casing is gone again this was one theory uh somebody else uh, proposed and i uh also t- t- took into one of my my videos but looking back uh, i think it's better they just uh they, they revert to the original buster sword the buster sword is uh, looks like this it has never been touched never been altered and maybe it has a little bit of rust now but that's about it i think this is the good mm-hmm. choice however in uh in sex last stand the pre-rendered scene 
when you look closely, it still has a slight sliver of gold between the blade and the hilt. You see a, sh a shiny sliver of gold there. Mm -hmm. So, it, who knows? But Angeal has the same. So even he carries uh, the original Buster Sword, not the Crisis Core Buster Sword. And he never touches it, and it's holy to him. So I'm pretty sure and when he got it, or his family got it, it was always this way. No, and nothing hmm. got changed. So it is definitely a retcon. Ultimately, it could just be a mistake as well. Yeah. Like, they... I mean, look at all the mistakes that you found in Remake. You're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, the skybox is wrong here because yes. the center pillar is here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, they, did, they, <laughs> exactly. they didn't even do it that properly. And this is much easier to do. And then in order to fix it, you have to download an HD like uh, mod <laughs> yeah. that was just released. By the way, yeah, exactly. props to that person who made it on Nexus Mods or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's so good, by the way. You have to yeah. download it if you have it on PC. But it fixes all of that. Yes. It's like... It's really good. Come on, Square Enix. <laughs> Having the community fix your mistakes. Yeah. But wasn't Advent Children first, and th that one even had the golden hilt in the, the, yeah. in the flashbacks and on the on the cliff uh, with where Zack's quasi grave was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's I, I think it's weird. Why why did they choose this? But they had the reasons, I think, because you don't do that by mistake. This is an active design decision. Maybe it was designed that way, and others thought. Nothing of it. Okay, yeah, it looks cool. Let's just do it. We'll think of it later. But now, since the remake is out, they need a more coherent experience and a uh, better canon. And I thought, okay, let's release all those things and uh, recreate the Buster Sword again. Make it mm -hmm. like the original. Erase the Golden Hill from existence. Maybe this is also one of the reasons why they wanted to uh, remaster Crisis Core, to get rid of that mistake. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or something else. Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the second thing, and probably the, the, the most important reason why they wanted to create a remaster is to fit it in with uh, the whole remake shenanigans. And thus the title Reunion. Mm -hmm. And... The only thing I can think of right now without going further into it and thinking more is that in the original Crisis Core you got the post-credit teaser with uh, Cloud racing through Midgar, basically the uh, original opening recreated and then yeah. uh, continuing in uh, Final Fantasy or, or see you again in Final Fantasy 7 or something like that it says it said. But now this post-credit scene needs to be completely different to lead into Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Absolutely. With, where also the reunion takes place. So mm -hmm. who knows? Something is there in the woods. And it's rustling. <laughs> yeah. But also, it could also just mean reunion of old friends. Like all those, those friends who we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Zack, Angeal, Genesis, Sephiroth. They reunite once more to tell the, the prequel, basically, the, uh, the story that actually led to Final Fantasy VII, the events that transpired there. Yeah. Because Zack is... It's kind of a, of, of a retcon, I guess, uh, from the standpoint of the original game, but he's responsible for many things. Even for the name Seventh Heaven, um, uh, 
for the connection to cloud, not just how, who cloud now is, but he also uh, fell through the church the same way cloud did and then it connects them uh, even more. Some feel that's contrived a little bit and redundant, but um, some say it's it's nice, nice reference, nice, nice parallel. Who knows? It's a, a matter of opinion and taste in the, in the end, I guess. But there's yeah. uh, there's also another thing uh, about the reunion. It's a reunion of different story threads. We have the the uh, original timeline. We have the remade timeline now, uh, which leads into rebirth. Then Crisis Core, which is the basis for all of this, and which leads into Zack's last stand, which now mm-hmm. turned out to be different, and he lives, quote-unquote. And there's just so much intricate uh, intertwinings, let's say, that uh, I think in each subtitle, in re- Remake, Reunion, Rebirth, you can read so mm-hmm. much into it, and each of them ha- have at least two meanings. Absolutely. So this is quite interesting indeed. And we'll get to that a bit later, but uh, Nomura-san did confirm that those four titles, uh, Rebirth, uh, Re- yeah, Rebirth, Crisis Core, Ever Crisis, and The First Jol- Soldier are all, are all connected in some way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's see how this all turns out. <laughs> um, but just... Uh, Going back uh, a little bit, um, what I noticed during the summons, the the summon cutscenes, which were actual pre-rendered cutscenes in uh, the original mm-hmm. Crisis Core, those are not the Crisis Core versions. Those are the remake models. Ifrit and yeah. Bahamut look like they do in remake, which is quite interesting. Maybe just model reusage because they didn't want to recreate the uh, the old ones because it's pre-rendered scene. And uh, maybe also to make them closer to remake and rebirth, and to to maybe maybe fuse the style, or just make sure that yes, those are the exact same summons, and not just different yeah. ones, which makes sense continuity wise and otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and something that's bothered me a little, but is probably uh, just a remnant from uh, the old days. Crisis Core in itself had also two different uh, qualities in a certain cutscenes. Some cutscenes yeah. were higher quality, had better models, better facial, facial expressions, and others had a little less uh, fidelity. And I, I think those voice acted were the better scenes, and those not voice acted were the uh, lower fidelity scenes. And it shows, especially when, when they cut from Aerith to Lazard. Aerith looks so, so beautiful, really well made. She really looks so good. For a remaster, this is phenomenal. But then, next scene is Lazard, the uh, director of Soldier, the blonde guy. And he looks just uh, like four le- four levels worse or something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they will uh, increase the fidelity there too. Maybe it's just a uh, work in progress. But on the other hand, it releases this winter, only half a year away, so not too much time. And it's just the the cut between those scenes that makes it so obvious. And within the the scenes when you're playing the game, it's not that obvious because you don't have the reference. But it's something that bothered me a little. It was I, f- I found it a little bit of a shame. But it's it's nitpicking, for sure. Yeah. Um, also, some concerns I have. Well, I'm pretty sure they 
I'm pretty sure they have um, have this thought out. Maybe uh, there are some other changes to Final Fantasy VII Rebirth that we cannot really predict yet because it's hard to predict all those things to the uh, variables that are uh, not really in our sights. We don't have evidence for. But Crisis Core reveals the huge, huge, big reveal and twist in yeah. the original that Cloud is not and was never a soldier. He was only yeah. a normal grunt, uh, an infantryman, an MP, not soldier at all. He was he only wore a soldier outfit after uh, after Zack um, freed them both and just put it put it on Cloud to. I don't quite know why, because to uh, make him less uh, obvious, I don't know. But yeah, that that's I really have concerns because that's basically give, gives it away. Uh, and I'm also sure that they don't want to only cater to those who have played the original game. Naturally, most of most of the people that play have played at least uh, the original game, maybe Crisis Core already, and now replay it. But taking away all those mysteries beforehand, and in the next... It's it's not even in the next game, in Rebirth, that this uh, reveal happens. It re- will happen in the last game, because I'm 100% sure that they will not go past the Northern Crater, the Whirlwind Maze, where a meteor got summoned mm-hmm. and the uh, the weapons emerge. I'm pretty sure this is the the last part, the end game, the final chapter. Because if they go further, then it just won't make any sense if, uh, from a storytelling perspective and will contain too much content. So why reveal this now in a game that comes out around the year before a game that doesn't even contain uh, this twist? This is... I feel this is weird. Maybe they think, oh, okay, people that are new to the series will maybe forget about it. Maybe those that that jump into Rebirth don't really know about Crisis Core uh, Reunion. But on the other hand, they market it as everything is connected and make it available for all platforms. And I don't quite know what what their plan is. Hmm. Sure, they could play around with it. and, th- and maybe say, okay, this is this is uh, Zach's point of view, Cloud has a different point of view, what is real, what is not, what is f- a fact, what is fiction, as seen in the trailer. But I still can't really make heads or tails about this very issue, and I'm concerned. Well, it's not the same as us experiencing the original at that time and then getting more information about Cloud and Zach's past through Crisis Core that came out a lot later than the original, like yeah. 10 years, right? Yeah. It's 2007. So exactly. it's like they're giving us that before we're playing Rebirth, which is the big reveal, right? And I, I do agree that I'm a little like hesitant about that. I mean, mm-hmm. unless they, they're building us up for a bigger reveal, yeah. where that, that is like just not even the biggest reveal of all, right? Like that maybe is yeah. probably what I'm getting is that there's some kind of a twist or there's a bigger thing that's coming where that in the original was very very big and mm-hmm. it still is. Yes. But there's something else coming. This time around. <laughs> yeah, I I certainly hope so. Um but still is it is such a good reveal and it is yes, the it is. plot point of the whole story. The whole th- yeah. the, the 
the whole game through, or not the whole game, but uh, a bit over half of the game, you think the Cloud is a soldier, he is what he is, what he says he is. But at certain points, you start to doubt, but you don't quite know what, what, what's up with that. Something is weird. Something doesn't yeah. quite fit. And Tifa's reaction is strange. And then you have uh, Sephiroth basically laying it all out, but going a bit overboard, so we don't really know uh, what are the lies and what is truth. Yeah. And you don't uh, really trust him because Cloud says, oh, it's illusion anyway. He can show, show us whatever. He just wants to confuse us and whatever. It's really hard to say what is actually the truth. Sephiroth could just be messing with Cloud and everything Cloud said before was true. Although Tifa has weird reactions there, so you're not quite sure, and Cloud has his yeah. moment again and he doesn't remember what he did before Soldier. And It is really weird, but they still don't know what actually happened. And the reveal is so good that he was there all the time and Tifa mm-hmm. didn't know and this was the linchpin that Tifa thought, hey, uh, you weren't there back then five years ago. We didn't see you, but he was. But he also wasn't in Soldier. It's such a a double and triple screw (laughs) with your head. Yeah. It's so good. And if they reveal it now, of all places, in a spin-off that gets gets remastered, I don't know. They need to have a plan for this and have this in mind. Because otherwise, I don't know anymore, seriously. (laughs) But yeah. Dude, that's if people understand that and actually like pay attention. A lot of people don't have a clue, dude, because they're not the ones that are, you know, like up to date on all of these things like we are because we're huge fans. Some casual mm-hmm. players played this when they were kids. They forgot it. They're re-experiencing the story now, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. But a lot of people don't. They're not. They don't. They don't realize. Like, they, there's no, Maybe. like, critical thought process. It's just everything at face value. Like, a lot of people don't, they just don't get it. Or they miss things in the story, and that's totally fine. That's okay. So I think that it's still going to be huge mm-hmm. for those people. It might be disappointing for us. Yeah, But probably. then with Rebirth, though, it's not the same as the original. So mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting for us, just the same. A little disappointing if they're giving that twist away to us. But, like, I think that new players and people that have already played this that forgot are not, they're, they're not going to be, like, it's going to be effective, but they're not going to remember by the time Rebirth comes out. Let's like, hope some so. Some people won't. Yeah. <laughs> and for us, there's going to be some bigger twist that's going to blow our minds, I feel. Yes, for sure. Uh, certain things that get uh, built up in Rebirth and then uh, have their uh, resolution in, uh, in the last game. Exactly, exactly. Especially the end, because I'm pretty sure it doesn't end with uh, Meteor trying to crash down, but then gets holed mm-hmm. up by Holy. Not quite. Meteor gets, gets destroyed, but then Livestream comes up to help, and then everything is good. I'm pretty sure this does not happen this way. As yeah. I laid out in, uh, in the, the four, and almost 40, four hours and almost 40 minutes uh, yeah. analysis about Sephiroth, Meteor Fall will happen. He will be much closer to his to his goal. Uh, Omega will be involved. Yeah. All those uh, shenanigans, or maybe something completely different. We can't even anticipate right now. Who knows? Naturally, there will be more to it. But this this twist with Cloud, this story is still there and will be spoiled a little bit. But then again, like you said, they could be. Uh, it could be leading to a kind of a different twist and. Yeah, Sephiroth could be screwing with Cloud in a different way, and with uh, Zack now 
existing in some way in exactly. at some point this could also lead to something else too who knows but yeah why do you think they're showing us okay well we're going to be talking about the rebirth yeah a bit, but like <laughs> why do you think they show us the text like what's sephiroth's endgame and yeah. it shows meteor like exactly exactly it's not going to happen in the same way yes. there's some kind of a big twist or reveal that's going to give us that information when we play through the game they mm-hmm. wouldn't show us the end scene of the final like series game like in a trailer mm-hmm. something else is coming oh for sure we just yeah. don't know what yet yeah and just i just want to add the point so for crisis core reunion just before we move on to the rebirth trailer mm-hmm. i think that they are going back to make it cohesive and coherent to fit in with the remake project and I think that the last scene that we're going to see after the credits roll is going to be the ending. Like the last stand is going to happen mm-hmm. in Crisis Core Reunion as it happened in Remake. Where we're going to see the whisper thing and the ending is going to be changed. That's how the game ends. And then we'll see Zach alive and he's bringing Cloud to Midgar, which is how Rebirth trailer starts. Mm. And that will be the first scene that we see in Rebirth when we play. Just how it started with the, you know, dark bird that's flying. Right, right, yeah. yeah. It flies towards Midgar, and now Zack walks towards Midgar. Yeah, it could be. Nice parallel. And then that changes Crisis Core completely. Because that's mm. not how Crisis Core Original ends. Mm. But this isn't Crisis Core Original. This is Crisis Core Reunion. This is not the original Crisis Core. I think the ending is going to be changed to fit in with the story that they're trying to tell in the, in the remake project. If you want the real ending and see what happens to Cloud, I mean, uh, to Zach, then you have to play the original Crisis Core because that is not what's going to happen mm. in this story of the remake project. It's not. That's my big thing that I was thinking that. Yeah, that's it's it's a, it's a good point. I just try to imagine, like the the uh, in the original Crisis Core, the ending was so so impactful because it fused mm-hmm. the gameplay together with uh, Zach's passing. Like your the DMV got more corrupted and and damaged mm-hmm. over time as he was losing his life more and more. It was so impactful, and then the scene with Cloud. It could be that this is the ending at first, but maybe when you replay it on New Game Plus or something, it's different. Or maybe there's oh, something maybe. else that you... Maybe if after the game is, is done, there is some hidden option you can yeah. click and then it kind of rewinds you to Zack's last stand and something changes and then it, it leads into Rebirth. Or it just shows this in a cinematic form that it says, oh, yeah, but now it's different. Something like that. Yes, yeah, it, it could be. Something along those lines, anyway. There's a secret in the in the title reunion, and I just yes. feel like it's going to be changed. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make everything fit in with the remake project mm-hmm. and the story they're trying to, to tell. And yeah. it's just like the original Final Fantasy VII. If you don't like remake, the original is always there. That story is always going to be there. It's never going to change because it's the original one. This is not that. And mm-hmm. it never was that. You just have to live with it and learn to accept it for what it is and enjoy it and just get on the train because it's batshit crazy and 
whatever whatever like i'm just so excited to have content in this world i love these characters mm. like i've been saying from day one yeah same and a lot of people were disappointed with remake yeah it's because you had these high expectations and you you judged it based on what you had made up in your own mind about what this game was going to be but it was never going to be that mm. to begin with and neither is rebirth like none of these games yes. are going to be that just accept it and love it it's going to be batshit crazy just get on the train enjoy it i just really think that that's why they're they're giving us a hint with calling it crisis core reunion because the yeah. ending is going to be a bit Something different and it's going to coincide yes. with rebirth and the remake compilation or the remake project exactly exactly just uh one one thing that i i can understand that some people at least at, in the beginning had completely different expectations because when they just say remake without any other in, uh, information that they think, oh, okay, it's a remake. It's just the, the original game, again, just prettier, maybe a, bit, a little bit expanded upon, better graphics, uh, revamped battle system, stuff like yeah. that, but still feels like the original one, has the same story mm-hmm. beats. And then it comes out, or maybe the trailers also, also spoil a few things, but then it comes out and it's some, some things, some aspects are completely different and put the whole thing into perspective. From that point of view, I can understand that some people are upset because it wasn't what they thought it would be, what it was marketed as, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Especially if you don't really follow all the little tidbits. Yeah. But on the other hand... Expecting a company to create a recreate a game in such a high fidelity, basically to just mm-hmm. do the same thing over again that they did uh, yeah. twenty years ago, back then. Now it's more. It's now it's, it's now it's twenty five years ago. This is just yeah. not not what many people want. It's it's just regurgitation. It's prettier, yes, but it's still exactly the same. It's not not gripping. It's not intriguing. It's not. Uh, you you cannot uh, let go of of your inner um, mm-hmm. artist or your your um, like your, your inspiration, your creativity. There are so much yeah. things, so much of this uh, creative energy in those who were uh, involved in the original game, and those who played the original and are now on board uh, with remake and rebirth and the others. So I'm, I un- I understand both sides. But in the end, but in the end, it is a new project. It is what it is. You also need to understand the the, the side of the uh, of the developers. Plus, as mm-hmm. you said, the original game is always there. They they, they ported it to PS4. Uh, Crisis Core Remaster will probably be ninety nine percent the same. A few things that do connect it to the the bigger thing, but the the whole game will probably be basically the same because it's a remaster, not a remake. So. But as you said, yeah. uh, as you said, the re- reunion title does forebode something. <laughs> yeah, but we don't know what yet. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I understand. And also, they weren't forthcoming with saying, you know, it's called Final Fantasy VII Remake, but the word remake has more to do than just the, you know, the game. Like we're not remaking it, but there's a subtext there, or there's. Mm-hmm. You know, something that we're not telling you. They did say that later. Yes, in an interview. Like further into the development, in an interview, they're yeah. like, oh, well, remake means something more than that. And then we already figured it out. We yeah. were like, oh, okay, so basically it's like the next one's going to be Rebirth, and then the next one's going to be like Reunion. I, I remember we already talked about yeah. this like years ago yes. when we first started. <laughs> um, but that's because we paid attention and yeah. we know that. Like some people did not know that. 
And exactly. we're still, you know, these people are still upset mm. over that. They're like, oh, it's not even a full game. Like, well, you know, we could talk about this 24 seven, but yeah. we're not going to get anywhere. You know what I <laughs> That's mean? That's like, true. It's never going to be what people want it to be. And so many people love this original game and it's like, it's there. Just play the original. I would be yeah. fine with Square Enix remastering seven and having upgraded, you know, visuals and like backgrounds and character models like they're mm. doing with Crisis Core Reunion. The models are already rigged. Just plop it in or fix it somehow, but it, maybe it's not possible. Like maybe they mm. just can't take it and put it into UE5 and, you know, like change the backgrounds or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know, but there's mods for that. Like, I just don't see them going back. And I don't know how much, how, how profitable it would be for them to spend money doing that and then it doesn't sell. Mm. I don't know. That's but. probably why Ever Crisis also exists because in terms of the original uh, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy VII, it kind of does look like uh, an actual remake. It still has... It, yeah. yeah, it has still the uh, the fixed camera angles. It just looks way prettier. It has yeah. the same uh, deformed characters, just not Lego, but more... Uh, yeah, like uh, chibi characters or uh, cartoon characters. Um, of course, it, it is not the same game as before. Gameplay is different. It's for mobile. It's more streamlined. It's probably only, uh, as we said before, the main storyline. Not all those uh, side things and uh, optional material caves, Knights of the Round, what have you. Uh, maybe no, no chocobo breeding either. But it's still... If you want to experience at least a story again, there is ever crisis. Yeah, but yeah, you cannot please all people. Exactly. Anyway, you you do have to uh, expect some backlash from from certain parts of the fandom. Always, no matter what you do. Those people aren't going to buy the game anyway. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on here, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Finally, finally. <laughs> with a release window. Yes. Okay, we're going to be giving our general thoughts. Oh my God. Okay, so I lost my mind. <laughs> I freaked out. I had to leave the voice chat and just like focus. I couldn't believe that it was real. Mm. Which is how I kind of felt when Remake originally got uh, revealed mm -hmm. as well. Like I was saying, it was very emotional. I was just like, what are these, what am I feeling? Like, what, are, what's, how do I, like, what, am I sad? Like, am I going to cry? Like, I was so excited and happy and like giddy and just, it just brought me back to how I felt when the original uh, remake got revealed and we saw those, like the first cut scene yeah. of that. Uh, and just, it just, yeah, it just blew me away. I was surprised that we got something at all. Like, at yes. all. I mean. A glimpse of in-game, and this is obviously can be changed. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not going to look like it did in this because literally it was literally just Cloud walking with Sephiroth. But the fact that we got to see that at all with a logo mm -hmm. and a name, like a title. Like I just thought we were going to get some music and a title with, the, with like whatever it was going to be called. And we already figured out pretty much it was going to be Rebirth because yeah. we talked about it before. Um, and it would, it made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just, just seeing it honestly and knowing that it's real and that they're working on it <laughs> since 2019, I just, yeah, I was just blown away. Um, I think that it looks amazing from what I can glean from the shitty compressed YouTube video. 
tell me about it. <laughs> I know I just keep complaining about it, but just put it on your press site. Like, come on, I want to download it and I want to just slow it down and watch it and see all of the beautiful um, environments that you painstakingly uh, created. But it could be on purpose where they don't want us to like do that, I guess, and be able to figure things out now. But anyway. Or it just didn't have the time. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So I like the fact that we're seeing the continuation of Zack's remake ending scene in the sense of the vein of uh, Crisis Core Reunion, like I said, mm. so how this could potentially start. I like that with the white feather, so which is what we kind of were talking about before, how it's like it remake started with the, the um, like darker bird color. We're seeing like a black feather, mm. and now it's like white, so it's like the opposite. So we're getting that play on that sort of, you know what I mean? Like where it's, they're showing the opposite, basically. Yeah. So it's like cohesive, like everything comes back to that. I think that there were essentially confusing spoken dialogue put in random places mm. to throw us off. Like, yeah, we're going to go through that yes. anyway in a second, <laughs> the dialogue. <laughs> um, but for me, I, I had to rewatch a bunch of times because I was like, what? Like, because these dialogue, um, a lot of them are in the original too. So yes. you're like, okay, when did this person say that? And then you're figuring out, oh my God, it's when, you know, like, clouds in the live stream and then tifa saying this or whatever like you're just trying to figure it out and piece Mm. it together so i did enjoy that but i i was thrown off i i basically didn't even focus on the dialogue i was just like amazed (laughs) by like the visuals of what i was seeing and what we were seeing obviously was the nibelheim uh mount nebel right the flashback yep so you can see the curved mountains the tips of the mountains, which kind of gave it away from me. Not necessarily the diagonal mountains, but it's more like in the top left-hand corner, you can see like the tips. I don't know how to explain it, like what those would be yeah, called. Just basically big thorns or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I went and I watched the flashback sequence in OG7, and I was like, totally, that's, that's Mount Nebel. Yes. Like, absolutely. You can see that, the defining traits of it. And then you see a little bit of the... Uh, the uh, Mako reactor as well. Mm, just a tiny and bit. And the yeah. bridge. <laughs> yeah, and the bridge. Right? Mm. Anyway, I don't know if this is the exact bridge that they walk across because it was like a lot higher. So it, it's just... Anyway. I love that. Yeah, so what do you think about the title Rebirth? I'm glad that it's not part two. Yeah, same actually. <laughs> Although certain people already complained because uh, I think it was also Max Dude who said this, that it might uh, confuse people. Okay, there's a Final Fantasy VII remake, there's a uh, Rebirth, and there's Ever Crisis, and then there's Crisis Core mm. Reunion, and no numbers, no nothing. And which should I play first? What's, what's which and whatever, but... That's true. On the other hand, each game is self-contained, and... If you uh, play them out of order, I'm pretty sure you still understand it and then have a little bit of a mm. different um, experience because then maybe you, you play Rebirth first. You don't know what happened in Midgar. But the way it starts, right. the first... Maybe Aretha explains a few things. They talk about certain things that happened before. So you can maybe extrapolate what happened before. You, you, know, you have maybe not the whole foundation, 
but you know yeah. enough to keep going and understand what happens within the Rebirth game. Same with Crisis Core. It has its own story. You understand what ha- what's happening in it. You may be not privy to all the references and all the other things, but the more games you play, the more uh, complete gets your whole picture. So I think it's not that much of a problem. And since each game is confined in itself, as they explained at the very beginning, but also now yeah. in those developer letters again, which we'll talk about uh, soon, it's uh, each game can be uh, experienced by, by its own, which I f- find good, mm-hmm. because otherwise it's Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. Okay, do I need to play the, the Part One yeah. first? And then people won't buy it. Exactly. And that's what we were talking about before, where I like we were both kind of scared, like there's no way they're going to finish this project because by the end, they're not going to be able to, you know, keep a hold of those yeah. people from that, that all bought like uh part one mm. to part three or four for the, for the ending because people aren't going to, they can't keep them for yeah. that, for that long. So I totally agree with you. I think that it's a good choice that it's like its own encompassing game and you don't have to have played remake to mm. get this, you know, exactly. experience. And there, there's a good example for uh, sequels being uh, less popular, let's say. Uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen sold, I don't quite remember how yeah. many, but a few million or something. And... Then thirteen two only maybe one million, and then lightning returns maybe uh two hundred fifty thousand. I'm not quite sure of the exact numbers, but something like that. It basically halved or 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 only a quarter of yeah. the previous one they sold. It's just less and less, and that's not something they want with uh with uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake series. So I think this approach is good. They have to go hard though, and they have to advertise that because a lot of people are going to think that because they didn't play Remake, then yeah. they're not going to get this story. So I think we're going to see that kind of being hammered into our heads more. Yeah. Like, it's its own encompassing game. Don't have to have played Remake, like, exactly. for their, their ads and, and the, like, the marketing. Yeah. And that's also well, another reason why I, I say they need to uh, go up to... Northern Crater, the Whirlwind Maze, because then yeah. the story is actually finished and the the, uh, the characters are at their lowest. It's a great point to stop mm-hmm. because a completely new uh, segment starts afterwards, story-wise, a completely new act, as I explained in my yes. very first FF7 remake video back in 2017. <laughs> yeah. um, story, story-wise, it needs to be done. And then the whole reunion part, the whole... Uh, s- Chasing Sephiroth uh, part with uh, yes. Nibelheim, the uh, revelations, not all of them, but the most important revelations and the screwing around with Cloud's head and the Black Materia and summoning Meteor and stuff. It's all, everything is in one game. And then yeah. they can uh, create a new narrative or a, a completely new chapter for the third game, which has a different narrative, different goal. Because Sephiroth has uh, achieved uh, an very important milestone, and then only this end game is left. But then there's so yeah. many other things uh, to go, like uh, the, the Wutai uh, Shinra conflict, Avalanche is still there to some degree. There are the uh, summoned um, kaiju monsters, the weapons, um, 
We have to take the huge material quests, all those things, all the loose threads that need to be to completing. And we have the airship, we have the submarine. It's a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. So I think it works, definitely, if they uh, Absolutely. split it that way. I love the red added to the logo with the rebirth words. I like that. I think it's going to play in to the story and the events in the game. Also, they were forthcoming and they said that there's going to be three installments. Yes. So I think that we we had discussed this before. Ultimately, I think that you settled on four parts and able to be able to, in order to be able to give this story justice. Yeah do the story justice would be four parts. So what are you thinking about the fact that it's three installments and not four? I'm actually glad because that was my initial prediction. And from a storytelling perspective, I do want it that way. Because as I said before, it's it's a whole story arc. And uh, from the time uh, Cloud tells about the past five years ago until they reach the Northern Crater and Meteor gets summoned, this is a whole act. All of them... uh, matches together and splitting it in Nibelheim while possible it does propose or does pose some complications and they would need to expand on Nibelheim present day so much to make it worthwhile and then starting off the next part is also not that easy to to make make it into a full game that doesn't uh, build upon the previous one so people don't need to play the previous one so I think that's also why they settled on three parts because they they were able to sell um, four parts as yeah. individual self-contained games, but now they can. I just think that the stakes are even higher, and I hope yeah. that Rebirth is huge. They're going to have to fit a lot. Yes, <laughs> uh, I think into this game mm. in order for there to be a satisfying ending yes. to this story that they're trying to tell in the remake project by the last one right however there's one point of not quite contention but one point i can see being a problem and to fit everything in Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure they still need to uh design the uh, progression as linear like a a linear game you go from point a Mm. to point p to point c and uh, some areas will be more yeah. a, bit, a little bit more hallway maybe some caves others uh other areas will be more open zones but still you have a starting and an ending point you can meander around in between but it's not like this uh whole open world some people are expecting it's still very i'm pretty sure it's still very yeah. linear um and has yeah you probably don't spend too much time in each area because otherwise yeah. it will be a 150 plus hour game on your first playthrough at least because there's so much yeah. in it and for a f- around five hours uh, five hours <laughs> five years development time because they already started in, uh, in 2019 i think mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of 2019 they already said okay yeah we're we're already started with uh with part two now with the second game and it yeah. releases next winter, which is uh, 2023, December, or 2024, January, yeah. February, something like that. Uh, I would say probably March 2024. Yeah, the latest. Maybe even a bit a bit, yeah. a bit earlier. Just let's say quarter, uh, first quarter of 2024 is a good bet. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't get uh, burned when you think, oh, it's, it comes 2023. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, Remake was released in March. 
Yes. Right, 2020? Yeah, 2020, th- uh, 3rd of March, 2020, and Integrate was June 10th, uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I hope it's a little bit earlier than March, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I would who knows? appreciate that. But it's but... still, it's uh, four years after uh, the first game, and around, yeah, between four and five years development time total. But you have to, to keep in mind that all the base systems, the, uh, the battle system, the traversal system, all the menus and material system, all those things, they have this locked in. Of course, they can expand on it. They can improve yes. it. But the systems are there. The foundation is there. They also have the workflow for how they uh, create all the environments, how the characters work, mm-hmm. all the limit breaks. Uh, it's, it's there. They basically just have to work on content all the time. That's what yeah. Max Dude also said in the stream I watched today. And I totally agree. That's what I was saying uh, all those uh, years ago as well. When they have part one, they have all the systems in place. And then it's easier to make parts three and four. Yeah, uh, three and four. Part two and three. Yeah. Rebirth and resolve. However, the third one uh, it will be called. Yeah. And since they also already started on the third one, it could be that between the, the second and the third game, there's even less time. Not four years, but maybe two or three. So, yeah, that's true. I think that Kataze did say three years. It's been three years or something like that. But yeah. technically, I think if it comes out in March 2024, it would be four yes, years, right? Yeah, yeah. He said around three years since. Yeah, yeah. but they've been working on it for, for longer yes. than that, even yeah. because they started in 2019. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, you just gave your guess for the third installment, Resolve, which mm-hmm. I like. I do think that that fits totally. And it's two syllables. Yeah, Resolve. It's I think short. they're going to keep it yeah. the same uh, syllables. I, I put, said Reunited. I think we both were saying Reunion for the last one, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah. But it's being used for Crisis Core, yes. so <laughs> I don't think they're going to reuse the same thing. So I said Reunited, maybe Revival. But Audrey had a really great run one on uh twitter and she said requiem yeah i heard that too but it doesn't it's not re like it's rec it's eh it's not like yeah. re it's also remake, pronounced differently like re- requiem it's not yes remake rebirth yeah resolve, exactly requiem it's it's you stumble when you say those words after each other it's not a, uh not um a nice beat. It doesn't have a nice beat to it. Yeah. What about revenge? <laughs> Too cookie cutter, I think. And all the people were memeing about revengeance, but <laughs> I know, I know, I saw that. I don't think it's going to be revengeance. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. No, it it has to be something in in the vein of a remake and rebirth, short, mm-hmm. um, and on point, and multifaceted and fitting for the last one and. Since resolve, it actually resolves a conflict, resolves the crisis. The, the party needs to show resolve to get to the end and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a, it's a, also resolve. It's a, a solution to whatever there is. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, I agree. I, I think, like I it. I think it, it. I think it fits. Currently, I'll, I'll stick with that until I find something better. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we didn't see too much. Obviously, Cloud and Sephiroth walking together. 
you know, but that's, that's what they had done to throw yeah. together to show us. And I'm happy that they did. Cause I, I think it looks fantastic already. Yeah. It looks pretty good. looks pretty good. Unless, yeah, you count the YouTube compression, which looks, which looks like garbage, but <laughs> what yeah. can you do? Yeah. Interesting though, that the command is kind of like the old system and not like the UI from remake. It's not an exact copy. Like, obviously, the marker system on top is very similar. Yeah, yeah, the compass is the same. Exact same one. Yeah, but then on the bottom, like the command, the command, the word. I think that's is that how it looks in the Japanese version of the game? No, it looks like ours. Uh, Command. It's when when but it's blue. When all is capitalized, it's Japanese because they all the English words they use are all capitalized, all uh, uppercase letters. Right, but. Yes, I know what you mean. It looks mean. a bit different. Yeah, the uh, the command menu um, or the command prompt in remake is—it's just the word blue, blueish. It's light blue text and darker bluish uh, transparent background. Yeah, and I think it has the the X button as well. Here, it doesn't have any button and just uh, those white indicators that it is a menu of sorts. Mm. I know it's more subtle. I like it. Kind of. I need to see how it fits towards uh, the rest. When when you open the menu, does the menu look good still? Stuff like that. Yeah. Can't judge it yet. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that it goes away, the menu, when we're doing these kind of more cinematic things. Yeah. And it just doesn't stay on the screen like static. I think they can make it disappear. <laughs> well, on the other hand, it's a good indicator that, you know, now I have control. I can run around, I can do things, and I can open the menu. If it disappears, yeah. you won't know. So yeah, that's probably why. People were freaking out though. They're like, "Oh, this game has gone off the rails. Like we're <laughs> controlling Sephiroth. Like what is it even? Like what's even happening? Like blah blah blah." So many like it's it's insane. Yeah. Actually, it's actually insane. Mm-hmm. And then the comment section is like, "You obviously never played the original. What are you talking about? Like this is the <laughs> yeah. flashback sequence. Yeah. This is what happens in the original. Like what? Like what are you talking about? These people don't have a clue." at all reactionary <laughs> like it's it's insane like how many how many people are just commenting about it when they have no idea what they're talking about because they haven't played the original or it's been so long that they played it that they forget everything yeah that happened so what they're saying doesn't make any sense yeah or they so hell-bent on on thinking that now everything is off the rails fate is defeated everything is different now everything has to be different now we're controlling sephiroth yeah. and now it is and it's only a, that's that's the that's the best one a few hours ago uh uh exactly. our community po- posted um a theory or reference a theory somebody hadn't talked about it uh on reddit i think it's Oh, this game is only Zack, Cloud, and and Sephiroth because it's only those people we saw in the trailer, and there's nothing else. And only part three will then uh, uh, st- uh, get the other party members. Continue with the normal party members, and this is just weird. No, in between, like, what are you trolling or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, in the original, like, uh, Sephiroth fights with you. Yeah, but you can't control him. Exactly. So what are you talking about? This is just that. This is a flashback. Like, just yeah. stop. Although I, I do have to agree to, to a certain extent that it looks weird. You don't really quite can make out who you're controlling. At, it, in both uh, scenes, you can see that it's basically cloud-focused, but then the camera moves around that you, and maybe follows Sephiroth a little bit, then cloud a little bit, then cloud uh, goes up the, uh, 
climbs up the, the, the rocks, but Sephiroth yeah, walks, rocks. and then, well, who are you controlling? It's not quite clear. But logic says you control Cloud, Sephiroth walks around because you shall not control uh, such a su- super superhuman soldier that should remain unattainable. If if you control something like that, you have control over him, you, you can uh, you know what he's capable of. If you cannot control him, just see him do all the, the, the crazy, the crazy ass whatever, then it's... It's like, oh, what, what is this, uh, this uh, superhuman uh, super soldier? He's cool. I want to be like him because Cloud sucks and keeps dying. And then Sephiroth has to revive him and, and nukes all the enemies with uh, level three spells. If you can control that, it doesn't, it doesn't come across as the same. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the problem I have. Yeah, but that's assuming if we're controlling Sephiroth in battle, we're not. Like no. this could be just that you're controlling him to the walk to walk there like that's it like in remake you control Aerith at one point where they give you control of Aerith when cloud is getting massaged or whatever is happening in that room (laughs) that we don't see happening uh but like she's out running around like okay but we don't battle as Mm. her controlling her without anybody else like it's just that one little thing and then we come back okay now cloud's got his massage and then you take over control Mm. again like it could be something like that that's fair walk you're talking you're controlling him Maybe the control goes back and forth because Cloud doesn't remember it happening as what actually happened. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to be battling as Sephiroth, Definitely who's not. basically a god. Like, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't make sense. Like, what are you talking about? It just yeah. doesn't even make it ro- sense. robs you of the mystery. But for now, I still, I still believe that you control Cloud and it's just uh, exactly. cinematic camera work uh, that you cannot quite pinpoint uh, who it's following. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about my first impressions about the trailer. So what do you do you have anything else to add? I think I've said my piece. I already said a few more things that I wanted to say later, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So really quickly here, we're just going to dive into to the developer notes here. So for me, I just said that I love that, you know, they're being open about this and they're telling us that, you know, it's been in development since 2019 and things have been going really well. And I'm actually surprised that like, obviously we don't know if it's been delayed, uh, Mm. but I remember there was an article, I think a few years back that said that they actually things were going well and that they didn't think that there was going to be a delay Mm. uh, due to COVID for remake. We did get information about 16 and they did say that there was a delay for 16, I think because of COVID and the transition there. So that was that's great. And I love that there was a comparison to classic film trilogies. So mm, yeah. the initial trilogy that I thought of was the OG Star Wars trilogy. Yes. Um, and they did make a note to say, you know, the second entry mm-hmm. in classic film uh, trilogies is, you know, everybody's favorite. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, the best one, the one that people remember. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And obviously, they're influenced or inspired i guess by star wars right it's been known as well so i am looking forward to this and i think that we're gonna be seeing you know a lot of hurt a lot of pain destruction sadness i think this game is gonna be a emotional roller coaster i think it's gonna be insane and i just can't wait 
in in regards to uh to emotional impact and stuff we even before uh the let's say last third of uh of rebirth we have nanaki's story we have barrett's story with thine mm-hmm. all those things that are really really dark or just actually sad and so emotional yeah and it's it even starts there and and also sid's uh backstory is also kind of heart-wrenching because he he, lo- he loses his dream he gives mm-hmm. up his dream um for yeah to to save somebody he likes so it it uh, there's so much in there there's a, exactly as you said an emotional roller coaster and then uh there's the the date and then it's it's also the thing with uh Kate she or Kate Sith depending on what you prefer uh it, that he's a spy but then uh still supports us and uh well Maybe granted, some people don't really care about catchy, but <laughs> I still do yeah. to to a certain degree. And then all this, this whole Aerith bit when she goes off alone, and then you know what happens to her, and afterwards everybody's exactly. crushed. We go through yeah. through uh, an icy hell, uh, a snowy hell, and then uh, climb up the mountain, and then uh, all right, we made it, we're here, we found Sephiroth, and then everything goes to hell again, and. The meteor gets summoned. It's just one hit after another. Yeah. It's a lot as well for Yuffie. And, uh, ah, oh, true. You know, like her background as well mm. with her father. And I think they're going to flesh that out oh, even for more, sure. too. Yeah. And her kind of like, you know, trying to be herself, find herself, but then also like looking for his approval, you know, but not getting it and just being kind of brushed off like as this. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, she's just a teenager, yeah. kind of like childish, you know, and that sort of thing. Maybe abused even, like mentally. Like, you know knows, what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot. Um, and I'm thinking as well with Vincent as well. Um, oh, right. Yeah. His his backstory is also. His backstory, full of hurt. exactly. Yeah. And then we're going to get, well, I mean, obviously it was like a hidden scene in the OG with uh, Lucrezia, but. Yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll get that in in the last part. At least it's uh, story wise, it's after uh, June on execution stuff. But still, yeah. a, f- a few things we might uh, still get uh, here because Vincent was almost cut, and there's yeah. so little of of his uh, actual story remaining. And what is there mm-hmm. is so fast paced, uh, told in a really yeah. fast paced uh, fashion. So, duck, duck, duck. Okay, backstory gone. Next, and. Yeah. They have so much potential to expand on it, and all already yeah. hurt us with uh, his uh, backstory. At least uh, the first part, and the second part comes to, uh, next time. Um, yeah. yeah, and for you, Fee, uh, if you remember, uh, his uh, her father is in prison, and she hates him. And yes. there's so much more uh, conflict there. Maybe she f- uh, eventually finds out what actually happened there, what's behind it, and maybe she mm-hmm. he did things to. Uh, actually protect her for, from exactly. certain things or whatever, and then she realizes that he, he, he did this and all this for her or whatever. But it could be also relegated to the next part, to, to the final part. Who knows? That's true. It's uh, it's hard to say what they include in this one, what they include in the next one, because in the original it was optional. You could immediately yeah. go to Wutai after Rocket Town, but you could also just do all the other things mm-hmm. and uh, only uh, visit uh, Wutai on disc three if you wanted to. 
So for from that perspective, they're free to do whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also said that they made a comment here. It says, this new journey, or something. They said, this new journey for the characters. And people are thought, oh my god, the story's going to be completely different. Like, rah! Like, they just freaked out. <laughs> like, it's a new journey. I'm like, well... Yeah. yeah, it's a new journey for these characters because they're leaving Midgar. Yeah. And it's considered a new journey since this is the first time that these characters are experiencing the story, right? Except mm-hmm. for Aerith, who might have some kind of an attachment yeah. to the live stream. So she knows the events that happened, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. Like, but it's not, this is not like a complete divergence. Even though, yeah, it's going to be different. But that's not what he meant when he said yeah. this new journey they're about to embark on. Like, that's not what he was talking about. Like, what do you... No. Just calm down. <laughs> uh, for those listening, here's, here's uh, the full quote uh, pertaining to this uh, line. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is being designed so that people can enjoy this game whether they know the original game or not. In fact, new players might even enjoy starting their Final Fantasy VII journey with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's what I alluded to earlier. And then we have Cloud and his friends embark on a new journey in this game, and I believe that the scenes that they witness after leaving Midgar will give players a fresh new experience. Yes, on surface level, oh, they're changing everything, new experience, new journey, but no, it's just a changed journey. It's a, it's an unknown journey for sure, yes. Yeah. But as I and many others said, it, the, also the, the developers, and Kitase-san said this, uh, Toriyama said this, that they will uh, retain the original uh, chain of events, like the Final Fantasy VII will remake and now Rebirth will still feel like Final Fantasy VII. They won't change it to uh, that it feels like a completely different game, but details exactly. might differ. And Toriyama's uh, mentioned the Honeybee Inn as a reference. And yes, there were so many differences between Honeybee Inn in the original and remake, but the core of it was still the same. Yeah, it was. And the the, uh, the context around it was still the same. They still uh, went to uh, Corneo all dressed up. Mm-hmm. And they still went into Honeybee Inn to get stuff for the, for the dress. And uh, it's just the details are different. But the overall chain of events, the overall story, the plot, the uh, the narrative is still basically the same. Even if some uh, some things get added, maybe even removed, because uh, some people were mad Mookie got removed from Honeybee Inn, um, stuff like that. It's, it's still possible. Also, the Avalanche hideout was removed, which uh, many people were upset by, me myself included. Yeah, but then they gave us like Miss. Folia, who's like a teacher by day, but then she's like <laughs> yeah, a for dancer example. by night. Yeah, and she's like in the corner. She's like, "Gotta make my money, girl." Like, mm-hmm. okay, I got a side hustle. Like, come on. Oh yeah, for sure. She's like, I always wanted to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm, Miss Folia. That's <laughs> not the only thing you want to be, is it? <laughs> Tell us the truth, yeah, Miss exactly. Folia. Exactly. She's trying to make money for the orphanage. <laughs> you get it, girl. Yeah. No, uh, I I really really liked all those expansions on all all these other characters, also new characters that didn't change the the overall story. Marl was there, didn't exist in the original game. The yeah. Walmart trio didn't exist in the original game, but and also Leslie, is also only a character in one of the novels. Yeah, but it it still makes sense. It still creates a cohesive uh, 
a whole that resembles the original chain of events. Yeah, but those characters are canon. Yeah. Because they're also found in the Trace of Two Paths, which you should go read because yes. it's amazing. And oh, yeah. they do have, you know, an impact on the story. Yes, yes, definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a really good book. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, it really expands on, on all the uh, many different aspects of, uh, of certain areas, certain characters, and especially Tifus and Eris's past. It's, it's really good. Yeah, exactly. But like, if you didn't know them and you don't, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't impact it to the point where you don't need to know that to understand what's going mm. on. Yeah, that's, that is true. That is true. But yeah, going back to the point that um, while certain words, certain expressions could lead certain people to believe now they're changing everything, it won't be as, as I remember and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe, but that the, all those are just assumptions. That's what I keep trying to uh, tell people, that don't mm-hmm. pick single things and base assumptions around them based on what you think there is. Try to see the whole picture. Get as, as many yeah. data points as you can, and then try to make a picture out of that without, or with as little assumptions as you can possibly can. Because otherwise, you will build assumptions upon assumptions upon uh, preconceived notions and some exactly. ideas you have and expectations you have before, and everything mixes into uh, a brown blob that smells. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like you just don't realize what's fact or fiction. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what were your thoughts on the initial reveal of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Yeah. Um... All right, so what were your impressions on the developer comments? Um, besides what we already uh, said, mm-hmm. are, um yeah, I think we, we, we said most of them. But what I wanted to add in terms of uh, development progress, uh, they said, reiterated it again, development progresses at an astonishingly fast pace, it's, uh, which is really, really good to hear. And uh, mm-hmm. they already alluded to before. And this might mean that they're already on uh, Unreal Engine 5. And again, shout out to Max Dude who uh, told the chat and by proxy, uh, me too, as a viewer, um, what UE5 is capable of. Like, they have uh, more uh, streamlined uh, workflows that you can create so many things, uh, whole levels and characters and, and animations and stuff in such a f- uh, uh, short amount of time. And especially, uh, let's say, uh, rocky environments or forests and stuff like that that you can create assets extremely fast can uh, distribute all the assets really fast and with uh, phot- photogrammetry you can uh, create a whole area that looks re- very realistic and probably with uh, um, let's say r- randomly generated uh, elements or what have you just populate the area with uh, with what you want to have a rough uh, level and then maybe fine-tune it and, and stuff like that. So if this is what they're using to uh, create all those levels with all those additional tools that, that streamline the workflow, I think it's... It, yeah, it makes sense that they are mm-hmm. progressing at, at an astonishingly fast pace, as Kitazi said, um, which I really love because that means... Yeah, the, the, 
that's probably also why they now can already um, tell us about a release window. Yeah, exactly. Because they have everything figured out. Also figured out their own uh, um, pipelines and workflows. And they have, as I said before, the foundation done and know what to expect. And yeah, it's, it's actually really good to hear. That's, that's what's what made me really happy. That they keep, every time they say something about it, it goes really well. We're uh, progressing at a good pace and astonishingly fast pace here. Maybe it's just uh, overblowing things, but still, it's, uh, it bodes well. Let's just say that. Yeah. And, and also, there's, uh, Kidoza made a big claim that Rebirth may even be a more memorable experience than Remake. Bold words, my mm. man. Bold words. <laughs> <laughs> you better live up to that. <laughs> he means everybody will remember it because it's going to be so bad. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just yeah, joking. <laughs> yeah. But no, the, the, the reference to the Empire to maybe also ref, uh, Empire Strikes Back because as you said, mm-hmm. this is the most logical conclusions to uh, from the the words of uh, of Kitase that um, beloved second entry or um, second entries of trilogies, yeah. Um, also in the Empire Strikes Back, there's uh, the characters are at their lowest, and in Rebirth, if it ends where I think it ends, the characters also will be at their lowest. So there's another reference to that, mm-hmm. like the story structure, and the, and, and the, the the main characters are already um are already friends they uh they have um have their relationships and they're on their on the journey and fighting against the empire in star wars and uh following sephiroth here in uh, in rebirth so there's there are a lot of um other similarities also cloud falls into the live stream and is basically gone what happens in the empire strikes back one certain characters, uh, one certain certain character. Uh, I try not to spoil in case somebody hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> one certain character is also lost, and they have to get back in the the third uh, movie or episode six, if you prefer. Yeah. So this is another uh, similarity. Besides, of course, Biggs and Wedge and all the other things they mm-hmm. they already have. So yeah, big things to come. Big things to come. Absolutely. All right, guys, so moving on here, we are going to be doing our trailer analysis. So, Viz, you can start us off with this, and I'll just make some comments um, as you go. Okay, okay. And since we're already uh, going pretty long, I try to not go off the rails, And but there is so much to talk about, so much to talk about. But... I'll try to keep it short so we don't reach <laughs> like so five good. hours or something. <laughs> well, those with, long, so those with long rides will maybe enjoy it on the ride there, on the ride back. One episode. Absolutely. Who knows? <laughs> but at some point I need to go to sleep, so let's, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have different aspects. So scenes, dialogue, imagery, uh, some remake memory scenes, insertions, those <laughs> effects, and the logo. Uh, let's start with the scenes. Um, we already mentioned a few things, but Zack dragging Cloud to Midgar is quite an interesting choice of scene. 
because mm-hmm. it uh, it consists of two scenes or two parts. Actually, when when you uh, glue them together, it's a continuous scene. They just cut it up with uh, some Nibelheim um, incident footage. Mm. But the first and the last scene are basically from the same same scene. And you see the camera go towards those two, then uh, move around those two, and then show both from behind walking towards Midgar. And what happens in uh, Remake's ending, the camera uh, zooms kind of towards those, then the camera moves around Zack and Cloud, and then shows them from behind them going towards Midgar on the cliff. But still, it's basically the same imagery. It's almost the same. It's just, instead of the cliff, there are on the ground closer to Midgar, which I found a very interesting choice of camera work to connect those two. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you also mentioned the feather. Besides the um, juxtaposition between Remake and Rebirth, uh, dark feathers or the dark bird and now a white feather, um, there's also another thing. Angeal in Crisis Core also has those white feathers. And yeah. when Zack dies and then gets basically uh, called or pulled to heaven with a, by Angeal, there are also yeah. white feathers floating around. So a white feather floating towards Zack tells me that there's... Uh, maybe it's Angeal guiding him or something like that. And this gives more credence to Zack not being in the real world where the living reside. Hmm. Absolutely. And another thing. Did you notice that uh, just when, when the, the pipe at the beginning um, floats by and then we uh, move towards the the, uh, the fog that there are live stream particles floating around? No, I didn't notice Normally that, if live stream particles don't just float around there, especially not in, uh, in the desert or underneath the plate and stuff. Only uh, I think the only place where we've seen that is that the pipe leak uh, at the, the beginning in the intro where uh, Aerith looks into. But besides that, there, are no, there never are um, live stream particles just floating around the place. Unless you count uh, Marco storage where there's literal live stream soup uh, beneath uh, our feet. But otherwise, there's no. But why are there live stream Ooh. particles? Because maybe... The place has more to do with the live stream than many people realize. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I was going to say that earlier about the connection with Angeal as oh, well. Oh, I see, yeah. But it's, it could also just symbolize heaven, right? So his oh, connection sure. to heaven, possibly. And also the particles are in the sky, yeah. in the clouds, where the feather comes from. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm yeah. getting like heaven vibes. Yeah, for sure. Which basically is uh, that's what live stream is. It's the afterlife, heaven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he also has this, the same damage on his uh, outfit and armor and uh, face and skin as he did in uh, in the ending in chapter eighteen mm-hmm. or in the re- remake in the uh, pre-ending. So it's a direct continuation from there. It's the same. Uh, also, um, I think most of you already picked it up, but uh, 
they do walk towards sector six because you see the, the broken and unfinished plate above. And when you remember uh, in the original game, when you see uh, or witness Zack's demise, when a cloud uh, screams, then the camera also pans out and it, you see Midgar in the back. And beyond the cliff, you also see Sector 6 that's closest. So mm. at least that makes sense. All right, but there's more to glean from the Cloud and Sephiroth uh, scenes. Walking towards Mount Nebel and the reactor, as, as uh, you already mentioned before. Um, and if you look at, at the surroundings, the trees, and also the, um, the compass, you can see that the first scene, where you see the, uh, the bridge in front of, uh, of those two, and the second scene, where there's the cliff, <clears throat> the forest is basically in between, and it's almost exactly 100 meters uh, between those two locations. Um, so it's not, not too, f- too far apart. So they, they walk mm. then uh, through a, a short uh, patch of wood, and then they exit into this uh, open area where they're standing on top of a, what do you call it, a, a ridge of sorts or a cliff? Yeah. With uh, the uh, Mount Nebel uh, spikes in the background. And also something interesting to see there is when you look past the cliff, you see dead trees. But we all already oh. walked uh, through living trees. So this means we're closer to the reactor, which uh, sucks away life. It's also it's a nice detail. You don't see, see it uh, as easily, so probably need to freeze frame it and just look around. But I thought this is a real nice detail. That you emerge from the woods and then you see dead trees. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a reactor is, is uh, pretty close. And speaking of reactor, you already uh, mentioned it. You can't quite see in, this, in the second scene because of the uh, compression and stuff, but in the first scene between uh, s- uh, some trees, you can actually see if, if you play around with uh, um, brightness and contrast or even AI upscaling, it, it helps. You see parts of uh, the reactor, how it looks like in Crisis Core because of some of the, the scaffolding around it. So you can already see the reactor from there, which is quite cool. That, mm. that, that the reactor is uh, almost already visible from just beyond the, the village. And then probably the, the whole uh, path they need to make to reach the reactor, it's always visible. Because it doesn't seem like they can just jump down the cliff uh, where they emerge, but have to go around the right side, a bit above, to the, to the uh, right side cliff, where there's some sort of maybe warehouse or refinery or whatever there is. There's some, some construction is there and pipes. And in, uh, maybe far, far back in the, in the distance, there's the, uh, the, the roped bridge and where they fall down have them to, to, to walk around to get back to the reactor. But you see the reactor from most places where you uh, walk through, which I find pretty neat, actually. And it seems like there's, there are more buildings and stuff closer to the reactor, so there's much more around. Not just dead mountain um, mm-hmm. roads, and then just a reactor. So there's more around, more to be there. Maybe, maybe there's, there are also vehicles that maybe have been passing by. Not, not, around, not now, because... Um, 
it's halfway out of commission, probably. Well, no, five years ago, it's probably not out of commission because Geneva is still there. So it, it could be just uh, still be live there, let's say. So um, driving around Marco canisters or something like that. Just more world building. Build everything out more. It seems like they're doing that, which I really like. Yeah, I can see like a bridge in the distance or something yeah. like that. Like when they're on the cliff and the birds fly by. Yeah, exactly. There's something in the background that look, could look like a, a, a hanging bridge, like a roped bridge of sorts. Yeah, but it's pretty low because in the OG, it's pretty high up. Yeah, it is, it is. But I'm pretty sure they, they changed around a few things. But it, 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 sound, it looks a little bit over-exaggerated in the original <laughs> game. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. It but is, yeah. it is, yeah. And also, um, in the first scene, uh, you, you can see uh, some lamp posts, which indicates we're pretty close to the village. Like when when you also look at the the, the village itself in the original uh, render, there's this path uh, next to the Shindra Villa that leads outside. It also has lamp posts. Hmm. So uh, I'm pretty sure they just exited the village and then uh, are um, walking towards Mount Nebel. And when when the camera pulls away and you see the f- birds flying by on the cliff, that's where the actual Nibelheim mountain part starts, mm-hmm. where the uh, the original um, background for the Mount Nibel starts, where there's this uh, snake path to the left and then to the right, uh, to the right and then to the left again, then uh, across the bridge and then to the reactor. It's it's hard to describe uh, without any images, but I hope those who have mm-hmm. played the original can still remember it will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So yeah, I find this pretty interesting. Also, another reference to, or potential of reference to um, Traces of Two Pasts. Yeah. This bridge we do see is a normal one, uh, a straight one, which looks to, to be a bridge above a river. And this river is actually mentioned there and is called, if I find it in the notes, uh, the Gunsler River. It's where mm-hmm. Tifa meets Sengen the first time, where she thinks, uh, oh, this old guy is uh, almost drowning in the river. And in fact, it's, he's, just <laughs> he's just doing his, uh, his exercises and concentration stuff, whatever. I hope it is this river, because it would nicely, yeah, that'd uh, be cool. yeah, nicely fit those two stories together. And... Yeah, we already talked about camera and uh, who you control and the cloud climbs rocks. Also, I think this is uh, cloud climbing rocks is just contextual actions like uh, cloud uh, jumping over the turnstiles in uh, chapter one of remake. Nothing mm-hmm. fancy. You don't, just don't see the indicators. Maybe the indicators aren't there anymore because there, are, there would be too many um, contextual actions or maybe they just uh, haven't inserted them yet or just made them invisible. Who knows? Um, but now there's this one thing that uh, threw a uh, certain part of the fan base also into a frenzy a little bit and theorizing. Because Cloud has wears his one pauldron outfit the same as he did in Remake, like the same as it does in the story itself. Not which he's quote-unquote wearing back then in uh, five years ago. Um, my take, because I, I need to quickly talk about this, because I'm pretty sure those listening want me to talk about it. Um, while 
some people theorize, oh, he wears this outfit, so it's not the flashback. It's actually much later, and there's uh, a new um, story segment where he's walking around with Sephiroth, or it's an illusion, or whatever. No, 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 no. The, um, first of all, it's a trailer with, which shows imagery from the very start of the game. So this, 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 this sack and clouds pre-rendered scene is pretty much uh, during the opening, I assume, that this happens in the opening scene, and then the uh, flashback starts, plus or minus, and the um, cloud and Sephiroth walking towards Mount Nebel is probably the best segment to take out of the uh, of the flashback that is the least spoilery but still shows us where we are without uh, showing us all the details and or showing us Nibelheim and all those other things and it's just something they probably already had ready to show and even if it doesn't look extremely uh, finished yet it's uh, like foliage and rock is easy to just uh, cobble together to make it seem good so it's uh, passable for a trailer that's that's uh, the, uh, the the basis for this, and then the outfit. That's a very easy explanation, because Cloud, in reality, was there in his uh, Shindra Infantryman outfit. So whether he has one pauldron or two pauldrons, it's wrong anyway. Mm. And at he all Cloud only uh, wears those uh, the, the two the two pauldron outfit. Uh, after uh, they escape from the tanks, four years after the Nibelheim incident. So when Cloud tells the others uh, about the past, recounts all the um, the events from back then, he is the narrator. He is the one who tells what uh, what happens. And if we, instead of just listening to Cloud, we can play through what Cloud tells us, it makes sense that we see Cloud as he is as the narrator. Yeah, I hope uh, it's 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 clear enough because it's uh, not easy to to explain from from my mind. But um, the principle is easy. So it's just the visualization of the one that narrates in there. No matter how he actually looked like back then, it's just how he looks like mm-hmm. now, and he is the narrator. So he looks like then in his version yeah, of events. Absolutely, it makes sense. That's that's my. Uh, uh, theory. On the other hand, it's just po- it's possible that they just uh, inserted the uh, current model of Cloud, and will change mm. it later. Could be. Uh, who knows? But then people would say, "Ah, oh, okay." But in in his memory about his mother, he wears both uh, pauldrons. Mm. Well, the thing is, this is an involuntary um, flashback. It's a dream of of something that actually happens. But he still doesn't know about Zack and is still uh, represses the memory, uh, the truth that he is just an infantryman. So to make sense of this, he um, kind of he probably mixes both uh, together, like how Zack looked. Zack looked like back then. He had t- uh, both uh, pauldrons, normal soldier uniform, and the buzzer sword. And that's how he also looks like there, and. Then there's also the fact that he doesn't wear his uh, braces and uh, gloves and all those um, hand armor in the scene with his mother. 
but he does when he's reaching out to his burning home in chapter 2. So there are so many inconsistencies that it's hard to actually pinpoint what is intentional, what may be just an oversight, what may be just an afterthought, and they just didn't really think of it that much. Because the thing is, we uh, players, and uh, especially theorists, usually try to read too much into every single detail. And when you then... uh, Me too. Exactly. (laughs) Same, Same for me as well. When you then uh, read um, developer material and interviews and what have you, making offs, so mu- so many times they just think, "Oh, this looked cool," or "I wanted to uh, express this," or uh, "We just wanted to de- to do this," and it's many times just uh, a benign reason, and sometimes an actual mistake, like you mentioned earlier in this uh, episode, the uh, the plate. The plate is wrong. It's sector six plate above sector five and stuff like that. There are so many other inconsistencies and actual errors that you cannot discount this also to be uh, an error. Like the, the two uh, two pauldron version of Cloud uh, when he re- he's, re- he's remembering uh, the time with his mother. I think we need to wait until we see the full flashback because he also meets his mother there again. And let's see what happens then. Because if he keeps this uh, one as a singular shoulder pauldron with the screws in it uh, yeah. all throughout the whole uh, the whole flashback, then well, then we can probably say that this, it was an error back then in the uh, in his dream in chapter eight. Yeah, but I I think it's super interesting if they did do it that way because when Cloud is remembering himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he would see. So we're seeing him from Cloud's perspective yeah. himself, how he sees himself. But then from the outside, when we actually see him, like, he only has one mm-hmm. in reality. I don't know. I, I like that. I think if it do, if it's done intentionally, I think that that's a cool yeah. way to kind of make everything, like, cohesive and make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. If not, then whatever. Yeah. Well, um. I would also welcome them uh, opting for uh, an actual sack outfit with, with two intact uh, shoulder pauldrons yeah. during the whole uh, Nibelheim incident. Would make exactly. sense. Mm-hmm. To also just uh, make a distinction between cloud now and cloud back then, because there's five years in between, stuff happens. So it makes sense that, that his pauldrons look different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it would also make sense and uh, call back to his two pauldrons in Sack's scene, Sack's ending scene, and now also in this trailer in the in the the opening scene. He also has those two shoulder pauldrons exactly like Sack, just less uh dilapidated or less cut open, basically. <laughs> less yeah. damaged. So I hope they change it, but if not, it doesn't really matter because Cloud depicts himself as uh, as he wants, and it would make sense either way. So yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's what I have about this scene. Then yeah. uh, you mentioned the dialogue. We have more to say about the dialogue, and this is really interesting. We don't have too much dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. but there's enough to glean from it. Um, luckily, I've been provided with translations from the Japanese, the uh, French, and Spanish, and even the German version. Well, German version, I, I uh, understand it myself, but. Uh, some uh, people on the CCO have uh, 
cobbled together a, uh, an Excel sheet with all the translations for me, which is pretty nice. And let's go through the English version. And then, uh, I think I'll just reference the, the Japanese version because the others are sometimes a, uh, a mix between English and Japanese, closer to Japanese, closer to the English one. It's a mix, really. Um, so the first one is what Aerith says. And this is very different between English and Japanese. It's uh, what we've done, what, uh, that is set in stone, that passes forever. But the future, even if it has been written, can be changed. So focus on the future, not the past. And this is a direct reference to um, they changed the, the past now, uh, but what, hap- what, what did happen, happened. They cannot undo it anymore. Like what happened in Remake happened and this is fixed. Exactly. But this new journey can still be written, even if it has been written, which means the future existed before. And now we're retreading mm-hmm. it, but without the restriction of fate keeping us on rails. That's what Eris uh, says. And it seems like she retained her yeah. memories of the future. She knows what's, what's, what's up, what's, uh, what, she's, what she's talking about, what's ahead and stuff. Now, in Japanese, it's different. She says, our grief and our anger, they make us stronger, but they change us too. If we keep our minds on the future and not the past. Um, this harkens back to what Sephiroth says to Cloud and Barrett says to Tifa in Remake. So, well, while it's only true in English in Chapter 2, he says, hold on to that anger. Right, yeah. In Japanese, it says, uh, don't forget about me. So we can maybe discount that. But then uh, in Chapter 13, he says, uh, Suffering makes you stronger. Isn't that what you want, Cloud? And this is basically the, this. Uh, it, it makes you stronger. It changes you when you suffer through this, if you have grief and anger. And Barrett also tells Tifa to hold on to that anger, to that hatred towards Shinra, yeah. to keep on fighting. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, it changes you. If you have a traumatic ex- experience, but if you hold on to that anger, to the negative emotions, it changes you mm-hmm. towards, to something else, maybe something you don't really want to. Who knows? Yeah, that's, I, th- I found this uh, a pretty interesting um, change. But the, the main sentiment is that what's past is past, cannot be changed. We need to focus on the future and try to make the best we, we can. This is basically yeah. what, what I get uh, out of this. Yeah. And then comes something that we already know, which is very, very... OG, very original, or from the original. Uh, it's Cloud who says he wants to finish what he started. He wants to reclaim his birthright, which is put yeah. in quotes, which is what Sephiroth told him in the past, and he remembered in chapter 13, before future Sephiroth uh, barged in and messed him up even more. Um, mm-hmm. And rule over the planet with Genova at his side. This is, this is what uh, Sephiroth's plan was in the original game. And yeah, Japanese is pretty much the same, or just in, in spirit. Uh, Sephiroth has picked up where he left off that day. With Genova at his side, he's continuing his plan to regain control of the planet and become its ruler. So yeah, it's basically the same. And this gives me hope for um, at least Rebirth playing out kind of like the original game. Just as we said before, expanded yes. upon and changed circumstances. Maybe some events are, 
are quite different, but still lead to the same uh, mm -hmm. next event. Which is good. I, I love this. Uh, but now comes something that has also <laughs> right up some fans <laughs> or, or it got the uh, weird theories cooking. Cloud says, I saw you lying there. I figured it was too late. Probably referring to Tifa getting cut down by Sephiroth in the, in the past. Yeah. But Tifa says, wait, what are you implying? That I died? That I'm some kind of imposter? And in Japanese, she says, so what? You're suspicious of me? You think I was someone else back then? Or that it was someone else? Ba basically mm. saying that, that she's not real. She's a different person. She's a cloner or whatever the hell. <laughs> I don't know. And yeah. what I love about this, I'm pretty sure this is a while they talk about the flashback, like in between scenes that they talk a little bit in the, in the, uh, the inn, in their room, before Cloud jumps back into the, the playable segment. And I love this because it's not just Cloud talking about his, um, his past, what he remembers, and then Tifa just staying silent. It's actually Tifa being more proactive, as we've already seen in Remake. And, but it is doubly interesting because we need to believe Cloud. Cloud is the unreliable narrator, but we don't know that yet if we don't know what's coming, of mm -hmm. course. Him saying this and then Tifa uh, reacting like this kind of from, from the player's perspective makes us kind of believe that maybe she's in the wrong, maybe uh, there's something wrong with her memory and Cloud is, true, is, uh, is right. It's kind of an involuntary gaslighting towards Tifa, which is harsh, but makes sense and gives more tension. And uh, I really hope they keep this up, that, that we don't really know, was Cloud telling the truth? Was yeah. Tifa telling the truth? Uh, does Tifa even remember correctly? Because she also has holes in her memory, and she That's also true. thought Cloud is not present there, and which, which completely throws mm -hmm. her off and stuff like that. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Naturally, it could also be at a later point, maybe at the whirlwind maze during Sephiroth's illusion, but I'm, this fits too well into uh, Cloud's retelling of, of the past. Yeah. Especially since we see this, uh, see Sephiroth and, and Cloud walking towards um, Nibelheim Mountains while we, see, we hear, hear about this dialogue. So linking it to the flashback. Especially since Cloud talks about reclaim his birthright and uh, rule over the planet, also during uh, the scene where we see them walking. So it still fits the, uh, the context. And Aerith talking about what's done is done and uh, set in stone the past. We need to focus on the future. Seeing Zack and Cloud uh, alive there is also very telling or fitting. So then when we switch back to a second Cloud, uh, walking towards Midgar, Cloud says, you were here with me five years ago. Where are you? What happened to you? Many people could guess correctly that he's talking about Zack, and the Japanese version is more explicit. Five years ago, we mm. came here together, didn't we? Zack, where are you? Mm. And to make sense of this, to not throw off just the story completely, I think this happens during um, Sephiroth's illusion part in the Whirlwind Maze, when he tries to, to screw with, with Cloud completely. 
and where he realizes, oh, that is Zack. Zack existed, and he was there with him five years ago. But where are you now? I could, I could see that uh, this being there with, because then Cloud's mind is already uh, being screwed off, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if she, if he starts to remember Zack, if 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 Zack is back in the picture, at least in in memory. If it's anywhere before that. For example, when they visit Nibelheim uh, for the first time in the present day, it's—I don't think it would—it would fit. It would—it um, would screw with the story too much, with Cloud too much. I'm maybe I'm wrong, but it's, this is just the, uh, the the vibe I get. And the next is Aerith. I'm trying so hard to find you, which many people think. Oh, they, they, she's also trying to find Zack. However, I got a different uh, impression. I think it's the same thing she says on the gondola ride on their date when she's mm-hmm. trying to to tell Cloud, I'm trying to find you, the real you, because she knows he's okay. posing as somebody else. He's too much, uh, too much like Zack and his true self is something else. And in Japanese, it's even more clear. She, she says the exact same line as in the original game there. I checked the Japanese script. It's, it's exactly the same. I'm searching for you. And then, very interesting, Zack says a line at the end. Sorry, I feel like I failed you. Or in Japanese, I'm sorry I couldn't do anything to help. It's hard to say where this happens because he doesn't probably doesn't say this to Cloud because he didn't fail Cloud. He's, he saved Cloud and did the, the best he could to, to save him and uh, Cloud still lives. So this doesn't really make any sense. But... If he t- what if he talks to Aerith? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> what if he says that to Aerith after her death and they yes. uh, reunite in the afterlife? That's what I was thinking. Ah, oh, nice one. Yeah. Good thinking, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so just a quick, uh, uh, quick um, uh, comments about the, uh, the text that appears. Um, what will become of the planet, what is Sephiroth's endgame, and what is fact and what is fiction. Um, what will become of the planet uh, is shown right after we see Meteor crashing into, into uh, the planet. Mm-hmm. It is as, uh, All those scenes uh, before the, the texts are taken from Remake, those are all the uh, newly created uh, pre-rendered cutscenes we see on, on different, different uh, places. So... This, to me, foreshadows an actual meteor fall without help of Holy or especially Livestream. What will become yeah. of the planet? What's, what happens to the planet when meteor actually hits it? That's, what, that's the vibe I get. And what is Sephiroth's endgame? Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we want to know, too, because as, as you and I said <laughs> before, there's more to the end of uh, remakes and rebirths and... Uh, um, resolves uh, story that mm-hmm. meets the eye and doesn't just end like the original game ended. So he does have a new end game. I think I, I don't have the Japanese translation here right now, but I've heard it says, where is Sephiroth headed? But since, since Japanese Ooh. can be taken either way, it could be just, oh, where, where, is he, where is he headed? Like, what is his plan? What is... Um, what? Where did you do? You, does he want to go? Not just in terms of location, but also, yeah. What his end game is? Where did did he want 
does he want to arrive? What is, is his vision? So it's it's hard to say what they actually wanted to say. But in all other uh, languages, it says basically the same. What is the goal of Sephiroth? What is Sephiroth planning? And what is Sephiroth's goal again? So endgame fits, I guess. Where is he headed? What where is his what is his ultimate goal? And what you see before is just a a, a segment of of the scene where Cloud has his headaches, memory glitches in front of Genova's tank. We see uh, Sephiroth's eyes and Genova. Yeah. So Genova is basically a big part in his plan, which harkens back to what Cloud says just before. He wants to rule over the planet with Genova at his side, so it all fits. It's not some huge conspiracy and theory uh, whack all over the place. It's, yeah, basically what's going to happen. And but interesting is what is fact and what is fiction. My first idea was okay, what is fact? It this is what in, what uh, happens in the real world, the real continuity, the new one. What is fiction? Is basically Zach's uh, reality or where he is. This is mm. fiction. It's not quite real. But on the other hand, what makes more sense is uh, I think what what the uh, Japanese says and also. The German version, what is reality and what is illusion? And Genova is is uh, known to cause hallucinations yeah, and illusions. That's true. Especially when we, um, when when we we check what happens later or what Cloud says right afterwards. So five years ago we were here together. Zach, where are you? Um, if this happens during the illusion Sephiroth uh, provides them, how do you know what is real? What is illusion? Also, how do you know what is actually real and what is just uh, Cloud's wrong memory? Like, you don't really know what what is what was real, what Cloud uh, told the others, and what is illusion, what he thinks is real, what is actually real, all those things. And I think this is also a big theme in the Rebirth. On different layers, in different situations, and I love this because you can never be sure: is this real? Is it not? And with Zack now, quote unquote, alive and all those shenanigans, you don't even really know what is real and what is not. <laughs> There's so hmm. much, uh, so much screwing around that it's not even funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's 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 my take uh, in the dialogue. Do you, you have anything to add or any uh, alternate interpretations? Hmm. I like the differences between the English and Japanese. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like in Japanese, we're getting a little bit more information and also it's a different kind of view. Like, yeah. It's not as left up for interpretation maybe or there's more weight behind the words or yeah. more meaning behind the words in Japanese. Yes. But it could be that in Japanese like the the words are different. Like they are different mm. innately, but just the meaning behind the words might be different. Because in English it's the same. Sometimes we use certain words for certain situations that might not necessarily be a common word that somebody that doesn't speak that native language might use. Mm. You know what I mean? In those situations. Yeah. Because they don't understand that meaning, the difference. Mm -hmm. But I like the ending, what you said about the illusion, because uh, Genova is known to create illusions. Yeah, exactly. Right? 
So, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, indeed. I just thought that potentially, then, do you think it's possible that she could create the illusion of the meteor falling to try to provoke Holy so that she can absorb the energy, but it's not actually happening? It's hard to, I don't know. Hard to see, hard <laughs> to say, although, well, it's... I don't think it's possible to deceive the planet, but to deceive uh, hmm. people only. And Holy reacts to what actually happens to the planet. So I don't oh, okay. think this is possible. Um, but didn't it have something to do with Aerith in the live stream that summons Holy? So Aerith travels to the Forgotten Capital to pray there and summon Holy using the Holy Materia or this uh, yeah. white Materia. And then Holy is summoned. However, Sephiroth, still sitting in the northern crater, or at least his essence is there, rebuilding his, his body, is keeping Holy there in place. Uh, as we see in, uh, before the final battle, you see this, this heart-shaped prison around Holy. That's, that's keeping it mm -hmm. in place. And uh, Cloud even uh, mentions it. Is that light Holy? And after we beat Sephiroth, and uh, we... Um, fly away from the northern crater. The high wind basically gets uh, thrown out of the crater because Holy is, uh, is shooting out of it. Because it's now free. Because we defeated Sephiroth. And then it's, it goes straight for Meteor to try and uh, repel it. And then afterwards it's Aerith again, probably with uh, the help of the planet, or she, she just uh, begs the planet to help. And then the planet responds in, okay, let's just uh, bring all the life, the live stream there to, to heal the wound. Basically what happened when, uh, after Genova crashed into the planet, the planet also had to use a lot of live stream to, or life essence to heal the wound. That's one reason mm -hmm. why the whole northern continent around the, uh, the crater is basically all in ice and snow. Hmm. Although Remake... Uh, made this a little bit different uh, when you read Shiva's description uh, in the remake then it's, uh, it says that, that she's responsible for, uh, for, for the ice around a wound that the planet suffered long ago or something mm. like that so that's, that's, the, that's the context so I think Aerith was responsible for summoning Holy and then, and then helping to convince the planet to help Holy repelling Meteor but everything else is just uh, holy being holy or the planet doing whatever the planet does. Um, on the other hand, yeah, I, I'm trying to think who or what uh, Genova could influence or show an illusion to make something happen, but I just can't think of something right now. Um, yeah. But it's definitely a, a yeah. very important... Um, part of the story and, and the, the lore or the, the mechanics that Genoa is able to create illusions and mimic stuff and to make other people believe that uh, her body looks like something different or another body looks like so yeah, something exactly. different like uh, Marco number 49 looked like Genoa Dreamweaver and yeah that's what I was going to say maybe potentially uh, Genova creates an illusion for Aerith, like when they get there and then Cloud ends up killing Aerith instead. 
yeah. something like that. Yeah, who, who knows? Right. We, I think we already <laughs> talked about those. What, what else is possible? Yeah, that, we did. Or that Cloud thinks um, it is Sephiroth, so it's in slices there, and then he, he thinks, it, it turns out it is Tifa or it's Aerith, and then he totally mm-hmm. breaks but then it's it was still another illusion and it's only just uh, one of those black hooded guys uh, but cloud is already out of it and oh, just stuff true, like that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. things that could happen with with all those illusions yeah. to break cloud even more yeah but cloud actually being the one to deliver the blow to Aerith would be so crushing <laughs> soul crushing indeed yeah but that's what this game is remember yeah it's the the lowest of the low, right? That's that is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But on the other hand, people tr- probably also want to see Sephiroth doing doing his thing again yeah. in HD. So. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, then I have a few more things to say about imagery, although I, a few things I already said. I think white birds live stream white feather. Though I think I already said said all of this, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting that I keep keep um, talking about stuff that I plan to do to say <laughs> later, and then okay, yeah, I've already talked it's about okay. this. <laughs> but the logo is still missing, yeah. So we can still talk about the logo. Just a quick thing because there's not much too clean, but it's interesting that they added the red glare and the rebirth, uh, and the the. Uh, like bathed the rebirth in red, mm-hmm. and also that the the bottom of the meteor is also cast in red. Um, it could mean many things, but at the end, I think it's it's very simple. It's just uh, foreboding imagery. It's red means bad, or even maybe a reference to to meteor that's getting summoned, or. Um, the rebirth of something bad, like Sephiroth, rebirth of Sephiroth and Genova and uh, what have you. Just a foreboding yeah. color. Something is not right. It's uh, it's getting dark, so to speak. And the way rebirth appears, it's this, this, this red glare all over the screen. And if you remember, Genova's eye also uh, mm-hmm. has this red glare, not as intense in the original, but in Crisis Core, it's much more um, pronounced. But the one eye you can see in the, during the Nibelheim incident, it is glowing red. Yeah. So, uh, and since Rebirth can also uh, have a connection to Genova, because the first Genova, Genova encounter in, uh, in the next game will be Genova Birth. Then we have Genova Life, there is his death, and at the end, Genova Death. And death mm-hmm. and red are also kind of connected, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's blood, right? Yes. Like red is too. blood as well. Yep. Yeah. Blood too. Or stop. Like, yeah. it's it's like a warning. Yeah. Warning, you know? stop, final destination, what have you. Yeah. 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 I think it's not uh, uh, too much more than that. Although uh, Luna is from our community also uh, referred to uh, or remembered reminded us about all those um, logos they created before they settled for the actual Final Fantasy VII logo. There were so many, like dozens of logos they they yes, drawn out to. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, a Twitter post somewhere <laughs> in, a, in a timeline. Um, and many of them were red because mm. Meteor is red too, probably. 
Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I'm glad they they opted for for this uh, turquoise green color because it's more uh I guess it's friendlier. It is more connected to the planet, the live stream. So it's uh, I think it makes sense in this. Uh, it's it's a good choice. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and then speaking of the final game, which we f- currently are dubbing um, Resolve. I think mm-hmm. it should be a, a bright, uh, light blue, like to actually shine something, oh. something positive. Now, red is negative, but that, that the other one yeah. has to be positive to uh, balance it out again. That's my current uh, imagination for <laughs> for what yeah. part three or yeah, whatever it is, it's, it's it will end up be called, will be presented as. At first, I thought, oh, the red starts now and the final um, logo is pure red. Just only red because everything uh, goes to crap. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Um, but I think it's more impactful if it has a different color, not just more red. But who knows? No, I totally agree. I'm not sure what color. Hmm. I was thinking white. Maybe, yeah, this could work too. Hmm. Like maybe the text is black, but the it has a white glow around it. Hmm. Like the black materia. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like holy and like yeah. You know what I mean? Like the hmm. live stream as well. Maybe it'll be green ish. Like I'm thinking of the live stream yeah. strands yeah. to that come at the end of the game to save the planet from meteor like that. But the logo is already green. It's I know. it's a dark green, it's like a but it could be just a light green, like metallic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, light green or light blue, both could work. I think, or light turquoise mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. In any case, it was high. It was a hype trailer. I loved it. Even yes. if it's barely anything, oh it was more gosh. than than we were hoping for. Absolutely. And there's so much to glean from it. And I basically uh, revealed my whole analysis. Well, not quite. There there are probably still a few things to to talk about. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. When when do you think will we see it again? Hmm. Like the next trailer or next bigger information blowout? That's a great question. I'm not sure. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think they're going to focus really on pushing Crisis Core Reunion mm-hmm. at us and Ever Crisis. Yes. Obviously more for Soldier updates mm-hmm. with more seasons. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that, as we said before, at the end of Crisis Core Reunion, there needs to, uh, to be some stinger, like re- uh, remake Integrate had, like uh, not, not Integrate uh, yeah. Intermission at the end. Yeah, also had some. It was basically a trailer for Part Two. It was, and at the end of Reunion, we get a trailer for Part Two again, more context yeah. maybe, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe like a longer. Yeah, also a few minutes or something post credit scene. Yeah, I hope with so. With the same intro as Rebirth trailer, but longer with more information. But 
here's hoping. But to actually see a trailer, I don't think we're going to see it for a while. I don't think we'll see it probably until six months before release. Yeah, I, I think so too, around a year. Because they're going to focus on Final Fantasy sixteen, right? Yeah. And we just saw it now. We'll see that ramp up. They'll probably show that again mm. six months from release uh, 16. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll see it probably shortly after, maybe a month after 16 releases, a month or two after. I'm not sure, because they'll want to focus on 16 as much as possible, so yeah. I don't think we're going to see it yeah, for pretty quite sure. some time. It also depends when exactly in summer it will release. Um, I can see mm-hmm. E3, which actually happens again in person and online next year. Yeah, that's uh, They will start uh, the... Um, the not advertisement com- campaign. How is how is it called? Yes. The uh, yeah, the marketing. Marketing, yeah, the marketing campaign. Schedule, yeah, or exactly. We'll probably start around E3 for uh, Rebirth, and yeah. maybe pick up or keep going uh, on, and maybe show on every major uh, conference. To uh, Gamescom, maybe maybe Tokyo Game Show in September, something like that, and the last. Last trailer or something in uh, at the Game Awards in December and then release in January, February, sort of March, Agreed. something like that. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, we might see we might see a tiny bit of it uh, at E three. Mm-hmm. Not too much because maybe like a yeah, exactly because that's gonna be sixteen. Yes, exactly. Main. Yeah, final event probably. Yeah. yeah. Unless it releases right uh, around there, then maybe they don't need to show it because then there's just a launch trailer and then it, re- it releases and it's good. So they can mm-hmm. already start with uh, the marketing for Rebirth. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But I'm pretty sure we, 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 don't, we don't need to expect anything this year. Yeah, I'll be surprised if we get yeah. anything. <laughs> If we get something, it won't be for like maybe six months yeah. or longer. But oh my gosh, I thought that actually when we saw, like when we got the trailer at the end, when it said like the release date, it wasn't a release date, but it was like a release time frame. I freaked out and I thought that actually we were getting rebirth before 16. Oh, right. Yeah. Next winter. Oh, yeah. Next winter is in this December. So, well, not, not quite. Well, it's <laughs> this winter. Yeah, but exactly. Like for me, winter just happened, so it's the summer almost now, like yeah, June 21st or whatever. So I was like, oh my god, like freaking out, like because I thought, oh, the development cycle was so efficient that they didn't have to delay it, but they delayed 16 to give this space, so we were getting this sooner. And then I realized after that it was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's like six months after 16, but that even that is surprising to me because yeah. they want to give 16 as much space, but honestly, I don't think they care. I don't think that they're going to be competition for one another, not with six months in between. No, I not think quite. six months is a good amount of time. Yeah. As long as they don't release in the same month or, or, or something, they're good. Yeah. It just depends on what else is slated for release at that time when they choose their actual release date because they don't want to have competition from other games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like God of War Ragnarok or yeah. some other like AAA big PS5 game that people really want. If it's mm-hmm. around that time, then they're going to find it hard, I think, for people to spend their money on this. Yeah. Oh, what I was also thinking about, 
if it's if it releases a little bit earlier, if it releases actually in December 2023, then it would be mm. a, a holiday sale for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That would be that would be great. Yeah, getting this uh, this Christmas gift for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think we're gonna get Red, Thirteen, and Vincent? All in this of game, and, and then Sid and Kate Sith in the last entry, or do you think no. that we're gonna get all of them? All of in them this here. One? Yes, yes. Hmm. Because we have um, four characters, four new characters in the first game, and we have also we had already Yuffie in the DLC, so five technically, and then there's only four left, and four new characters in one game makes sense. So uh, Red, then Kate Sith, then uh, Orkechi. Then um, Vincent and Sid. So all all of them in rebirth. Yes, exactly. Especially because mm. it it goes up to, or I, at least I hope it goes up to uh, the whirlwind maze, uh, the uh, where meteor gets summoned. And by then we have the whole party since quite a, a long time, actually. Because if if you think about it, uh, Sid joins us last in Rocket Town, and after Rocket Town there is. Uh, uh, getting the Keystone, then uh, Temple of the Ancients, then Bone Village, Forgotten Capital, where it happens, then the whole snow part, uh, hmm. which is pretty long, and then the the, the end game with uh, with all the shenanigans going on in the top north. So there's there's quite a I lot of, so. of 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 space and gameplay between Sid and the end of uh, Rebirth. So. I'm hyped. Yeah. I hope we get all of them in this one. Yeah. I was reading, I think it was Final Fan TV who said mm-hmm. something, just like a schedule of release. So, yeah. Like potentially could have like a uh, purchasable DLC kind of like episode intermission. And then that's when you would get a new party member after Rebirth. So you wouldn't get them all in Rebirth. You would get maybe Red Vincent. Kate Sith, and then Sid comes in the DLC for Rebirth or something like that. Well, this would only make sense if they stop before Rocket Town. Mm -hmm. Because if we get to Rocket Town, which I'm 100% certain, then it doesn't make sense to preclude Sid. Sid must be in there, because otherwise it would deviate too much from uh, Chain of Events, and then we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Especially since uh, the developers... uh, repeatedly said that they want to include everything they don't want to uh, exclude anything they want to do uh, the original game justice and that's also why they create multiple full-sized games because otherwise yeah. they had to streamline everything and cut out so so many things and so far they delivered so i don't have any doubt that they will take the original story the original chain of events characters everything as yeah. is just update everything, expand on everything, maybe change a few things around, uh, especially uh, go ham in, in the details and go crazy in everything else, which doesn't change the actual chain of events. That's, yeah. that's my guess. Well, I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> We're all hoping. <laughs> Cautiously optimistic. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, guys, so that concludes today's episode. We hope that you enjoyed our thoughts and our impressions. 
on the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary event. It was huge. Um, Just my mind is just completely blown and I'm just going to, you know, go back and rewatch everything probably another 50 times (laughs) and there'll be always something new that I'm going to see and and pick out that I want to talk to you about. But I'm sure going forward, we'll probably hopefully get more trickling of more information um, in the future that will, you know, keep us busy and Mm. we'll have uh, more content in the future in regards to the future of Final Fantasy VII and uh, Rebirth. So, but until then, I guess, thank you so much, Viz, for sitting down with me today to talk about uh, this event. My pleasure. It was fun. All right, guys. So if you have any ideas for our up-and-coming episodes, you can write us. Our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. We do have a Discord server as well. You can check it out by clicking on the link that's listed in the description of each episode on YouTube. Uh, We do have a Twitter account. It's at Reunion underscore podcast. Our Facebook is Reunion Podcast. And our YouTube channel is The Reunion Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Also write us a review if you have the time. Honestly, it is the best way to support us here. Viz, did you want to go ahead and drop your socials for Cosmic Canon Observatory? Sure thing. So main platform is on YouTube, Cosmo Canyon Observatory. You can't miss it. Uh, we have a Twitter account that's at CC underscore observatory. Uh, lately, it's been a bit barren with new content because I've been busy, but usually just uh, take a look out for the hashtag CCOGems and just uh, browse through what all those, uh, what I'm up to when I'm uh, not producing a video because some little things uh, can just be neatly packed into one single tweet. (laughs) Absolutely. And we also have a a Discord, of course, and the link for Discord is in our Twitter bio and on YouTube itself and in every video we post, so we can't miss it. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for staying with us and listening to the end if you have. And if you haven't, then you're lost. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Until next time. See ya. Bye.